Yeah, what's up, everybody? Nez here. Um, we had some technical difficulties this episode because the sound goes in and out. It was probably my internet connection, or I don't know. But just wa- warning you guys now uh, that there is some gaps of nothing. So I don't know how many. I really didn't listen to the whole audio, but here we go. On with the show. Welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, E-Society Podcast. We talk TV, movies, comics, collecting, sports, and everything entertainment. And this is episode 287. Today we'll be talking about TV, including the American Gladiators doc, The Lazarus Project, Fubar, American-born Chinese, Succession, and Barry. Movies including Fast 10, or Fast X, and A Man Named Otto. And as always, The Week in Sports, sports including the NBA Playoffs, The Week in Funko and Collecting, Weekly Star Wars Moment, and a weekly random movie and song recommendations. Before I go any further, it's the Nez! Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. I'm back. Yeah. Oh, man. It was uh, awesome time down in uh, Dallas, Texas, or wherever the hell the Irving Convention Center was. Texas Frightmare 2023. Uh, I was there. I was only supposed to just go Friday and fly out Saturday morning, but that didn't happen. So ended up flying out uh, later that evening. So I got to go a second day for a few hours. Oh, excuse me, but um, it was cool. It was it was hot for me. I know a lot of you people that live down there in the Lone Star State was saying it was hot to me, and it was humid. So, but I mean, walking from the car to the convention center, I was sweating, and even uh, standing in this park before we went in. Shout out to uh, Brother Lance; he was there. Uh, representing the horror returns as well as I was, his buddy. I cannot remember their names. Um, uh, oh, uh, shout out to X. Yeah, my, my little uh, buddy Xavier. He was there with me. So we went in Friday and just went through the exhibit hall. I didn't get to any of the screenings or the panels. Uh, I tried to get tickets for the screening that was on Thursday, but that sold out like instantly. It was screenings to see John Carpenter's The Thing. And his other film, uh, They Live, two separate uh, screenings sold out like that. So that was a no-go. But John Carpenter was there. Uh, I believe he came out, uh, I think it was after or before each screening. And he did a panel, which I missed because I had to leave. But I did see a little bit on Saturday of the uh, Christine, John Carpenter and Stephen King's Christine. I got a little bit of that panel. Uh, three guys from the movie were there, so they were talking about um, everything that went on in the film. But it, it was really cool. I mean, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I used uh, 21 cars from the, it was a 1958 Plymouth Fury. If you guys have seen uh, Christine, awesome film. I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, it was amazing. And John Carpenter just took Stephen King's story. Of course, he made it his 
film, but it, it was an awesome film. Uh, the actors that were there was, uh, what the heck was that guy's name? William Ostrander. He played uh, Buddy Ripperton, and he was the main bad guy. And who else was there? Um, geez, there was a few of them there. Buddy Ripperton was there. Where's uh, Steve Tash? He played Rich. And then there was another dude. He was a little fat guy that was in the crew. Um, hmm. I remember him in... What the hell was that movie? Uh, he played... Uh, his name was Malcolm Denaire. He was a little fat sidekick in the in the bad the bad guy gang, but it was cool to see just hear them talk about what they did. People asked, "Did you guys get any um, souvenirs or whatever?" Excuse me. I've been under the weather the last past few days, everyone. So I've been like super duper tired. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was cool to hear what they what they had to say. And like I said, someone did ask if they kept anything memorabilia from the film, and they said, "Nah, they were pretty like okay. Once you were done, you had whatever you were wearing or what, what have you, you had to give back." And I uh, will oh, shout out to uh, Ricky Morgan from uh, Helming Power Hour and um, uh, Doctor Movies uh, Auto Movie Reviews. Uh, I got to chill with him for a little bit. A uh, good friend of mine. Uh, he's the drummer and one of the singers for a band called Midlife Crisis out in Tennessee. Uh, look them up. They're an awesome band. Uh, it was cool just to, I wish I could have got more time with them. I eventually want to get out to Tennessee and hang out with them. I am going to be on uh, Dr. Movie, uh, his review show. Uh, pretty, really, pretty soon we're going to be covering two uh, 80s classics. As uh, so, But it was really cool to catch up with him for just the little bit of time I saw him. But the, the Christine panel was cool. Uh, walking around and meeting other people. Uh, that I only see when I go to Texas Frightmare. So that was uh, really cool. Um, who else did I see? Um, I'm to, oh, um, two gals for a well, while. I actually met three of them, but I only talked to two of them, really. Oh, man. Sorry, everyone. Uh, that 1983 uh, horror classic, Sleepaway Camp. Uh, I was talking to uh, Karen Fields. She played uh, Judy. She signed uh, my Blu-ray. And the beautiful beautiful Catherine Kami, I think that's how you say her last name. Uh, She played Meg, M-E-G. It was really cool to talk to them. And I also met, uh, what was the kid's name? Christopher uh, Collette. He played Paul. Um, He was a guy that was trying to get on Angela, Felissa Rose's character. Felissa Rose was there Saturday but her line was super long. I got a wave. I didn't get to really talk to her, but she she saw me and waved. So that was really cool. I wish I could have caught up with her, but she had so many people in her line. It was just been impossible for me to stick around. Anyway, but it was cool to meet Karen Field and uh, Catherine. They were both uh, really cool. I love their characters. They were the two. Uh, Catherine was the, uh, Meg was the, uh, the she. Uh, camp counselor and Judy was the the mean girl uh, of all the girls campers. So it was really cool to uh, talk to her. And Christopher Co- Collette, uh, the guy that played Paul, he was also in a movie that Brian and I covered on um, Stream Fiends. 
uh, Prayer for the Roller Boys, and that he played. Um, I think he was the leader. Um, what the hell was his name in that movie? Um, 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 he played Gary Lee. If you guys have seen uh, Prayer Prayer of the Roller Boys, it's it's streaming on uh, YouTube. If you have seen it or have or want to see it, it's nineties, but it was nineteen ninety. Uh, I enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. It was a little goofy and everything. It was really trying to be uh, really futuristic, but uh, it was cool to just to talk to him for uh, really quick. I didn't realize he was uh, Paul from Sleepaway Camp until when we were watching that movie. I was like, where the hell have I seen this guy? And then uh, he, I realized that he was uh, Paul from Sleepaway Camp. So it was really cool. Oh, also, after I talked to them, I did talk to... Uh, another guy, what the hell was his name? Jeff Byron's, I believe. Me, uh, me. He was in a film called Metal Storm: The Destruction of Jared Sin. It was a film that came out in 1983. He was just sitting there at his table. This was Friday, so there wasn't uh, that many people there yet. People were still coming in, and uh, it was my chat. I brought my uh, Blu-ray because I wanted him to sign my cover, and he did. Um, he, yeah, he, Jeffrey Byron, he played, uh, the, the lead character in the film, uh, Dojin, and he was so cool because I, I went up to him and I, I, I explained to him when I saw the film, uh, Mike and I, we went to go see it. It was a, a double feature with Jaws 3D. So it was like two, two awesome films of the eighties, especially when, uh, uh, 3D was trying to make its comeback. So they were pretty making, pretty much making a lot of these sci-fi action films uh, 3D. And these are the days when, when the 3D was like it was cheesy. It's still cheesy today, but I love even the 2D version is pretty awesome in my opinion because I love this film. It was one of those ones where they tried to point things at the camera as much as possible. It, it was one of those things, one of those type of films. But uh, it's real cheesy and it was real cool. I loved it, little futuristic thing. There was a film that came out uh, maybe either a few months or maybe uh, a year or so earlier. It was called um, Space Hunter, Adventure in the Forbidden Zone. And that in 3D, and I thought that was awesome. And then this one came out. It might have been earlier in 1983. But uh, it was really cool talking to uh, Jeffrey Byron. He was he was like so, so cool to like, oh, my God, it was a thing. It was nice meeting you. Thank you for seeing the film and still loving it today. And he even told us a, a little story. Uh, Lance was standing there with me. I, w I wanted to bust my phone out and record uh, something, but um, I just didn't. I don't know. So, I mean, if, it's different if I kind of line up a little interview or something, but nah, he did do us a little intro for um, the action returns. Let me see if I can play that for you guys really quick. But he was really cool to talk to. I think this is it. Let me turn up the volume. It might sound a little crappy, but it's better than nothing for us. Listen, to, uh, Brian and I are going to cover Metal Storm. So this is a little intro he did for me. This is Jeffrey Byron from Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. And you're listening, listening to Action Returns. He did that. So that was really cool of him. And he did tell us a story. He was saying, he "Goes, yeah, when when the movie was coming out, there it wasn't uh, a huge push for it. So they were like, well, we need to, we want people to see this. So let's uh, let's double it up with Jaws 3D. That's why it was it was the 3D double feature. And um, 
we were going to see, I think I'd seen Jaws 3D already. I, I can't remember. But when we went seeing Metal Storm, Metal Storm was the new movie. So we said, oh, let's go see this. And then it was like, oh, wow, Jaws 3D is with us. So I got to see it again in 3D. But it was really cool uh, talking to him and the little stories that he gave saying, yeah, it was really fun shooting the film. He, he'd also been in some other films, but this was the main one that he was in. And he was like kind of a late addition to uh, the guest at Texas Frightmare. So I thought that was really cool that he was there. And I was totally shocked and surprised. And I didn't think I would ever uh, meet him. For some reason, I thought he was um, from Europe, but uh, he, didn't, he didn't have an accent. Maybe he's, he's either American or he's from Canada. I'm not really sure. But he was a really cool guy to talk to. And I was just so happy to meet him for a movie that I've loved since I was a kid. What was I, 12, 12 years old when I saw uh, Metal Storm? Uh, I'm going to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a really long time. But it came out on Blu-ray for uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I had to get it. So I'm glad that I have it. I, think it's, I don't think it's out of print yet because Scream Factory, they're, they're – wishy-washy on the, the movies that they put out but there was the one question i've always had in my mind that had him in with me in front of me talking to him but i forgot to ask the way the film ended it left on a cliffhanger so i was always thinking that there was going to be more but we never got uh, another a middle storm two or anything so I was like, man, that was my chance to to ask him. But I was so starstruck and everything. I'm just being the little, going back to the little kid that I was watching this film and loving it. For some reason, I thought it was rated R. It was only PG. But anyway, it was cool. So meeting them and everyone else that I met. The shout out to a Nightmare Christie from Nightmare Toys and uh, Nightmare Cafe. Uh, if you watched our TikTok videos, uh, I did a quick another. She was on uh, the East Society last year and i got her again i uh, did talk about some stuff i mean just about the toy store and and the cafe because the year before the cafe wasn't open yet but then eric and i went down there a couple months ago on our way to arizona so i'm definitely going to go back in there and try something else on that menu but um other than seeing everyone that i haven't seen in a while and just meeting new people uh it was really cool just to go again i wish i could have went all week and next year next year I'm going to, if it, if it's at that, oh, it, it was at the uh, Irving Convention Center. It was way bigger and better to me, in my opinion, than that hotel. Because if you guys have been to Texas Frightmare, that, that hotel, too. Once you're there, awesome. But it was it was so small. It was like, it got really packed in there. But then since they got it to the convention center, they had multiple floors for panels and photo ops and everything. Big room was upstairs on the top floor, and the exhibit hall was down the floor. It was much bigger, so it was really cool to walk around. Instead of putting uh, the vendors and all the other two separate rooms, they put it all in one big giant room. So it was really cool to uh, walk through there. I picked, I did pick up a few things. Um, I'll, I'll get to those when we get to uh, collecting. I mean, uh, next year, uh, when the hotels go up, I want to stay in that hotel because it's right across the street from the convention center. It's like just 
pretty I'm surprised it wasn't connected, but it's right there. It'd be so easy to walk back and forth buying stuff. I can take it back to the room and I'm sure all the parties and everything were down in the hotel as well. So I definitely want to stay there next year because, oh man, felt like I was missing something, but I got to hang out with my awesome friends that I only see when I go down there. Haven't seen them in, in a really long time. So it was really cool to, uh, kick it with them, hang out. And, uh, friend of mine that I've known since I've, uh, worked in Reno, she was my very first friend in, at the Reno station, and that was in 96, and that's 2023 now. You guys do the math. She's still my friend. I love her to death. Uh, I always love to see her. And when I go down there and visit, we always we always go out and have dinner or lunch, depending on what the what our our, uh, our time is together and everything. So, But it was really cool. I got to crash at their house and everything, so I had a good time with them. Uh, hanging out with uh, my buddy Xavier, a really cool kid, really awesome artist. And uh, hopefully we're going to do it again because he went with me uh, last year and he really wanted to go again this year because he he's a collector too. Uh, shout out to him again. I went into his room. He showed me his collection. Uh, the guy that I know, my brother here, the Zisu, has the biggest collection out of all of us. My probably being the second. But uh, uh, little Xavier, man, he's not little. He's taller than me. He's 16. Um, he has a good collection, mainly a lot of... Uh, the uh, Funko Sodas. I'm sure no one's got more than you, uh, but he's got a nice collection. Uh, a few chases. He kept going, oh, I got this this chase and that chase. So he's he's really lucky. And uh, he's got Funko Pops. And he was he he gets the um, the statues. Uh, he's oh. really into anime, the new okay. stuff. I I really don't know uh, the stuff that he watches. I mean, I've seen the characters, but I don't, I don't know the anime, but he's really into all that. Uh, he's a really good artist. He draws a lot of anime stuff. Um, first he was just like copying pictures, but then once he drew that so much, he started making up his own characters. So, uh, he's a really good artist. And so it was cool to see his collection. He had so much in there and I was telling him, man, you got more room. He had like shelves and everything on his walls. And I said, man, you got more room over here. He goes, yeah, I'm going to put up more shelves because he, he bought a ton of stuff when we went in there. I, could, I, don't even, I know he bought a lot of pops. Uh, he bought one of those big giant pops. It was one of the um, Haunted Mansion ones. I couldn't tell you which one it is. He bought this Jack Skellington statue that was pretty big. Um, and some other things. I know he bought a little uh, ghost face. I think it was like a little plushy. You ever see those ones? They're, they're, they look like they're knitted. They're yeah. in boxes. Um, right. It, it kind of looked like that, but it was in a bigger box. So that was really cool. And uh, he bought some other things. I can't remember. But yeah, man, he was... First, we did the walkthrough first. We went through everything, each row. I said, don't just start buying things the first thing you see, because maybe we'll see it somewhere else. It'll be cheaper. But he ended up... Uh, all right, we did. We actually walked through there twice. And then he was like, "All right, this is these are what I want." So then we went through everything, and he 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 had big boxes, so it was bags and tons of stuff. And he goes, "All right," so we took those back to the car. Then we went back in and started uh, looking around for other things. But we had a blast. I wish I could have went uh, all day Saturday and Saturday night because I wanted to go to the karaoke party, but it uh, I couldn't. Had to had to get out of there, which I barely got out of there. Uh, flights were open, but then once it gets closer to times, it's like, ah, sorry, man, this thing's starting to fill up. I was like, ah, uh, 
but I made it. I just no from Dallas to Vegas was the rough part. I was like, oh man, I was I thought I was gonna have to sit way in the back uh, with the flight attendants, but uh, they said no, there's a seat open. So I was like, oh good, but I was sitting in the aisle. I didn't care as long as I didn't have to sit way in the back because those uh shout outs to the flight attendants, man, they're amazing women and women women and men and women. And the seats that they have to sit in are not comfortable, especially when they got to fly all over the country. But so, but it was really cool. I had a good time. Uh, I definitely want to go back again next year. Hopefully, uh, the rest of the guys from the Horror Returns uh, can make it. Um, Lance only could go Friday because then he had graduation uh, time. This came right at the graduation times of the month. So uh, I'm not going to have any more graduations after next week for until Daniel graduates. So I got plenty of time to, to go wild. But it was really cool and everything. So, but yeah, Texas Friday, 2023. Everyone that I saw down there, awesome to see you guys. Hope to see you guys again next year. And yeah, that was uh, my adventure to Texas. Um, the next horror convention I'm going to will be Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento, California. And that will be on Father's Day, whatever date that is. So, but yeah, uh, I did put up pictures and I put some videos on TikTok. So check those out if you guys haven't seen it. And yeah, uh, looks like we only got um, two movies. So we might as well start there. But I'll let you do some talking. Fast X. No spoilers. How was it? All right. Yeah. Fast and the Furious. Um, we all know that this series left reality a long time ago and that's okay it's 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 a fun series um i've said many times now on the show and i'll say it again that uh, my favorite entry in the series is fast five so just knowing that this entry was going to be related to that uh like it, yeah like you said no spoilers but this is like known in the trailer and whatnot um the Jason Momoa, the villain of this one, is the son of the villain in Fast Five. Um, so also, this is a very minor spoiler, very minor spoiler. It opens up basically replaying a good chunk of Fast Five, but showing they redid part of it to show that like Jason Momoa was there and they like brought back the, the villain from, um, from that one. And like, he's like talking to him. Like it's Jason Momoa's his son. So, um, they show like, Oh, he was actually there during like when the, um, in fast five, when the, the safe got dragged uh, all throughout the town and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was there for all those events. So basically they're saying, okay, yeah, he's been, yeah, Dante is uh, Jason Momoa's uh, character and he plays uh, uh, Hernan Reyes's kid. And they did bring him back. Uh, like I said, for some to, to to shoot some stuff to make it seem like he was always there. So, yeah, that I mean that part was cool. Um, like I said, it's this is uh, the tenth Fast and Furious film, but actually the eleventh film in the franchise because they also did the Hobbs and Shaw film, 
they've done the uh, like a couple of animated spinoffs. I know a kids show and whatnot. So it's got a big thing. One thing I wanted to run by you may or may not have heard. I thought that was pretty funny. She caught a little heat for it. Is uh, Michelle Rodriguez, your girl, <laughs> during while doing press for Fast Ten, she made a comment that um, um, that uh, there's too many uh, Marvel movies, and people really jumped on her like, "You're going to talk about Marvel movies, and you're in this, you're promoting this series, <laughs> you're the tenth film in the series is not even the end it's like i don't know if you knew this but yeah this is like it's a three film conclusion so this is like part one of three films that is supposedly going to end it <laughs> i think she said that a while ago i think i could be wrong i'm not sure if this was uh, at the the last san diego comic-con because uh, <laughs> i did see that i saw that video a while ago Okay. Yeah, so, I guess it was just circulating again because of the Fast Tens release, and like I, I saw a bunch of people talking about it. And I was like, oh, it's it's interesting. I guess, it, it's it's whatever, but <laughs> I guarantee you, she's gonna pop up in one now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you ain't gonna say no to that. Hey, we want you to be oh, in. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> it's a, yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah, that stuff doesn't matter. Do your thing. I mean, like, Vin Diesel's in, in the MCU, so <laughs> that's right. That's then, right. <laughs> he's he ain't saying it. He's taking that money. He's taking that check. We all yeah. would, especially him, yeah. man. You got to say one word a billion different ways and <laughs> and get that yeah. check. So, but but yeah, um, Charlie Theron, a uh, long time, well, not not that long, but uh, multiple <laughs> film villain. In the Academy fashion. Award winner, she's so. in the MCU. She's waiting for her turn. She got uh, introduced as uh, Clea Strange in the last uh, Multiverse of Madness in the multiverse. So I don't even remember that movie. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, this is a good. Let me shoot off for a quick second. You haven't seen Guardians yet, right? Nope, not yet. Eric saw it. I asked him, is it sad? He went, yeah. <laughs> if you end up missing it at theaters, will it be the first ever MCU you didn't see in the theaters? Uh, yeah. I know. I've seen all of them. I almost missed uh, uh, Winter Soldier, but I went the very last. Oh, wow. The very, very last showing. The very last, it was like on a Thursday night. The and next now that day, might they, be your favorite it. of the bunch. That's my favorite MCU movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> that fun. was hella good. You almost missed it. You almost missed it. it was fun. I didn't even want to see it. I know I've told this story a billion times, but yeah. if you're new to the show, welcome. I didn't really care for the first Captain America movie. I thought it was like, eh, it was all right. So uh, when this one came out, there was nothing really selling selling it to me. I mean, I knew who Winter, Winter Soldier was, Bucky Barnes. I knew who he was. So... I was like, uh, Tommy Boy, he was the one. Dude, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. It's hella good. It's hella good. I was like, oh, all right. I looked. Oh, this is the last night. Let me just go see it just to keep my streak alive at that point. And I left the theater going, damn, that was hella good. So, but yeah, I'm going to get out there and see it. I'll probably go see Spider-Man before I see 
uh, Guardians because that's going to be an IMAX. Yeah, uh, start starting tomorrow. Yeah, starting tomorrow. I obviously had all the plans in the world to see the premiere, but uh, didn't count on my work scheduling me later than normal. So I won't be out in time to see it. So I'm going to have to wait till Friday. Go no later. What time you get off work? I thought about it, but also uh, NBA Finals tomorrow. So. Oh, man, the Warriors ain't in it, man. Uh, Go see Spider-Man. Yeah. It's also, it's like two and a half hours. So if I go to the late show, I'm getting up pretty late. And then, you know, it's up two and a half morning. Oh, man, it better be good then if it's going to be two and a half hours. I don't even think that first one was that long. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I think the first one was, was you know, right under two. <laughs> but Let me see into the Spider-Verse. I got to see how long that one was. I don't remember. I remember being so geez, that was two hours and 16 minutes. Well, OK, if it's like that one, then give us another 15 more minutes. Cause that I was sucked into that one. I, I wanted yeah. so I just could not wait. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I think uh, I told you this story before too that uh, it, when it came out, uh, I was actually visiting in Reno. Me and Jade, they didn't have a Thursday show, so we went to very first show Friday at the at the IMAX, and we were the only ones in there. I was like, man, people are sleeping on this. I can't believe. Me and Jade were the only people in the theater for first show uh, in, in in Sparks at the IMAX. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> Let me see. I know there's one at 9 o'clock. That is the, the last one tomorrow at the IMAX. Yeah, There's so one. I'm going to go early Friday is my plan. I want to see... Okay, there's IMAX and DFX. Ooh, 11 o'clock. No, thank you. So let's say 9 o'clock. And then... Ooh, that one's empty, too. Oh, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, there's... Oh, man, my seat's gone. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> uh, I don't care. Well, yeah, the seat that I always go to... <laughs> All the middle seats, all the way from the the aisle all the way up, all those are gone. And then there's uh, side seats, but that's eh, all right. I don't care as long as I'm in there. Right. So, so but. Well, anyways, let me get back to uh, Fast X or Fast 10. It's funny. I've heard it uh, being said, said both ways. But, uh, yeah, Fast X. Dom Toretto and his family are targeted by the vengeful son of drug kingpin Hernan Reyes. The end of the road begins. The 10th film in the saga launches the final chapters of one of cinema's most storied and popular global franchises. Now in its third decade and still going strong with the same core cast and characters as when it began. Uh, this one was directed by Louis Leterre. Uh, obviously, Vin's back and Michelle, Jason Statham, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, uh, Natalie Emanuel, Charlize Theron, Cena, Sung Kang, Helen Mirren. Uh, this is Brie Larson's first entry in the series. Uh, Scott Eastwood's back as Little Nobody. Uh, Jason Momoa is his debut. 
Alan Richens, Ames, uh, the kid, son of uh, of Vin, uh, Lil Brian, Leo Abuelo Perry. Uh, but yeah, for me, um, I'd put this somewhere on the lower side of the rankings. Right off the top of my head after watching it, I'd say probably around six is where I'd put it out of uh, the 11 films uh, if I had to, to rank them. But uh, for me, though, interestingly enough, I'd say far and away, Jason Momoa has now made himself the most memorable villain in just this one, it's funny too because Charlize Theron, she's done multiple films as the villain, as Cipher, and she's back in this one. But uh, yeah, Jason Momoa basically doing his version of the Joker, which is funny since he sees Aquaman in the DC universe. But this is like, do your take on 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 the Joker, and that's what he's doing here in uh, Fast Ten. And he's really good in it, um, really entertaining, really funny. It's so it was really surprising, and then it was funny to like that's my first thing. And then of course I I got home and I started to kind of browse the the user reviews and the critic reviews. And it was funny how many people were saying what I said, like, eh, yeah, the movie was what it was not the greatest but like jason momoa is like clearly the standout and it's crazy like he has become they they nailed it if he is like the villain of these final three for this tale for the next two films that encase this three film finale um cool yeah um they nailed it on that front so um i hope they can pick it up a little uh, for the next two because while, it, like I said, it was good. Like definitely, like I said, on the lower end uh, for me of the uh, fast rankings. It's interesting to see here if you bring it up on uh, IMDb. They have uh, they rank the fast films by their IMDb rating. And it's it's interesting. Um, Everybody agrees with me. Fast Five in the number one spot. Then Furious Seven, number two. Uh, same for me. Fast and Furious Six, The Fast and the Furious, the original at four. Fate of the Furious at five. Six, Fast and Furious, which I'd have a little lower. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw at seven. Uh, Tokyo Drift at eight. I'd have that higher. Uh, too Fast, Too Furious at nine. And F9, The Fast Suck at ten. That's probably true too i was also a little let down by by the last film so uh, it's funny because like when it first came out like and you know everybody said it the original was it's it's you know it's point break it's the guy goes undercover you know in, in a world and, and and tries to infiltrate it and you know all of a sudden, he's, he's getting along with them. So, you know, that is what it is. And it was like, okay, that's cool. And then they did another one, but Vin wasn't back. And it was like, okay, yeah, this series might be dead. And then they did, uh, when they did, I remember, uh, even before I saw Tokyo Drift, that people were saying like, oh, man, this is like dead. Like, 
that this feels like it's uh, straight to uh, VHS, straight to DVD type thing. But then I actually saw Tokyo Drift, and it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Like I said, it's it's pretty high in the rankings for me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad I saw um, glad I saw Fast Ten in the theaters. I think the only ones I didn't see in the theater were that early chunk of i didn't see too fast too furious until it was out um on dvd i didn't see tokyo drift till it was out on dvd and i didn't see uh fast and furious uh till it was out on dvd but then from fast five on i've seen i i was i was back in the theater and seen all of them since so but uh yeah i'll be there for 10 part 2 or 11 and 12 whatever they want to call it i'm sure that'll be the so-called in but you just know obviously there'll be some new beginning in some form or fashion afterwards but uh, the kids are going to grow up and take over watch oh they're already grooming it that way the kid who was just a baby like a couple films ago he's He's behind the wheel. He's getting taught in this one. Brian? Little little Brian. Little Brian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't see the first three in the theater. I saw it after the Tokyo Drift. I didn't see the last one in the theater either because I just I was losing interest. I saw it once it hit uh, HBO Max. But this one, if I see it, I see it. If I don't. Jason Momoa makes it worth watching. I'm not going to lose any sleep. Speaking of Jason Momoa. I'm just looking at my movies over here. Shit, I just saw it. Where, where is it? Um, he did a movie with Stallone back in the day. Uh, I think it was Bullet to the Head. Have you seen that? No, maybe. <laughs> you never seen that one? <laughs> Jason Momoa was the Jason Momoa was the bad guy in that one. I'm gonna have to look at it. <laughs> Because I might. <laughs> uh, it was one of those ones when the Stallone was making his comeback. I did. In the theaters. So yep. I was, okay, uh, yep. I totally remember it now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Han, Han's seen. in it and uh, Mr. Rowe. He's in it and a bunch of other people in it. I have not seen that movie in a really long time, but I remember I was excited to see it um, just because I, I love Stallone. Speaking of Stallone, did I talk about his TV show last week or the week before or whenever? We did it. I think so, yeah. I'm already losing interest. <laughs> Everyone. I mean, it's a reality show. It's mainly about his daughters spotlighting them. Good for them. Cool. I mean, it's not like they need a spotlight, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. If I'll, I'll probably finish it, but I'll let it finish before I go back to it. I, I watched a few episodes and I was kind of, yeah. I thought it was going to be about, about him, but it is, but. They mainly focus on his daughters. But yeah, Bullet to the Head, if you guys haven't seen that, it's on uh, Hulu. So uh, definitely check it out. An awesome film. Oh. But uh, Fast X or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Uh, again, we, I'll, I'll see it whenever. Before we leave, I forgot. I got to talk about the, the, the theater experience. I went uh, just yesterday on the Bargain Tuesday or whatever, you know, lower price tickets Tuesday. I think it's five bucks um, here. Uh, so I guess maybe I should have surprised. I should have expected a decent sized audience, and it was. 
Um, but I, it, it, and I wasn't even, it wasn't in one of the big theaters. So, and it was one of those that, um, the last row of seats was like up against the back of the theater. There was no like walking behind them. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And it really wasn't that high. So I was like, fine with, with doing it. And theater kind of filled up around me. And at the very end of the aisle, like, I don't know what was going on. It's even like hard to describe because like, it's also kind of hard to see that there's somebody and they like, they kept like, getting up like every like 10 minutes but then also like they were kind of like talking along to the the film like it was kind of it was kind of weird it wasn't like i don't i thought it's hard to describe because it wasn't like a normal like i you know we've talked about it before like i talk about the guy you know bad boys too like oh here we go again here we go again yeah like that like no, like, I almost wonder it was like, like I said, because they kept getting up and leaving the theater like every 10 minutes. I don't know. It was like a medical condition. So I was a little confused. I tried to like zone them out really. But, and then I guess not surprisingly, like how long is this film? Yeah, it was two hours and 21 minutes, like about an hour and a half, but like an hour to go in the film. They just straight up left. They just were gone for the final hour of the film. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a weird experience. Cause yeah, like I said, I was for the, a good amount. And I was like trying to tune them out for a quick second there. I was like, eh, should I say something? But like I said, they kept getting up and stumbling out and then stumbling back in. <laughs> Are they sitting like right next to you or no good good amount of ways down like i was to the right of the middle and they were at the very end of the aisle so i'd say at least you know 10 seats away oh. uh, yeah it was a weird the other weird thing was like there are other people like in the aisles right in front of them that i figured would have been bothered them a whole lot more and it didn't seem to so i guess good for them but i was like yeah lee <laughs> uh I, I had an experience like that once but this uh this gentleman had a medical uh issue he kept uh first he was just he he kept getting up and going down the stairs uh it wasn't like it was a packed theater i mean but i don't know maybe he just liked walking up and down the stairs. So I don't know. Whoever he was with, with didn't didn't seem to mind. Because he would sit there and then just all of a sudden get up, walk to the bottom of the stairs, and then come back up and sit down for a few minutes. He only did it like a few times. I, I don't know. Maybe it was either medical condition or maybe kept getting cramps in his legs. I don't know. <laughs> but Yeah. Like I, like I said, and like the comments, like they were varied. Like, you know, a few times, like, oh, yeah, that's the car right there. You know, Dom's car. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the car. And then, like, uh, Brie Larson came on screen. He's like, hey, ain't that Miley Cyrus? I this think guy Miley that was going Cyrus. up and down the stairs? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so I was wow. like, 
yeah, he's real in it. And then like he like full voice like conversations about the thing. He turned to who he was with, and then he was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, what were they doing last time? What what was the thing?" You know, he was full on like discussing like what was going on. You know, I was like, "All right." <laughs> Like yeah, said, sometimes they were just you just gotta... out of they were just out of range, just tuning them out. It was kind of just loud enough, but I kept catching the comments and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just gotta just hmm, mind your p's and q's. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, one other thing, um, I won't step on who it is. Obviously, people want to find out, but I do gotta say. They did yet again. Uh, and this time I was like, oh my goodness, with this series, like they've done it before. We know it. We, they've done it multiple times where like a character is dead. Michelle hey, Rodriguez, hey. Letty. Hey, hey. This person was dead. That you hear me? Was dead. Yeah. Repeat all of that. You went in and out. <laughs> so. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, we all know with the series, like, it's almost like comic book-like in that, like, if a character dies, they bring them back. And a few a few times, you're like, okay, and, like, when uh, Han came back, they, they tried to come up with a good excuse for that. Like, oh, yeah, he was actually a, doing a spy thing, and he, like, deceived Jason Statham. He faked his death. And then, that was bullshit. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I won't tell you who it is, but they did it yet again here in Fast Ten, and I was like, "Dude!" At this time, was like, this character in the first movie? No. And I was, was like, it? I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, seriously, like, and somebody else just seemingly had died in the story, and I was like. It doesn't matter. Like, they 100% can come back. Because if this other person can come back, the person we we supposedly just lost, they can come back. I was like, this story, like, people do give, like, comic movies, the DC and the Marvel stuff, you know, bad, you know, talk sometimes about, like, oh, bringing this character back, bringing that character back. I feel like, they play the, by the rules way more better. I feel like Fast and the Furious series is the rules are just so busted, and like the fact that they're doing this, like, really does make it seem like this like bizarre world where it's like really nobody stays dead in this series. Letty, Michelle Rodriguez, and Sun Kang's Han, and it's like. Now, this person, and I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 I don't, I think my, I don't think my uh, reaction was like that, like loud or bad. But when it happened in the theater, I, I, I must have like went like, <sighs> like I, I, I did something, like I huffed or something, like. Shh. Or I made some noise, and somebody did look back at me in the theater. But I was like, I don't think I was that loud, but it was like, I couldn't help it. I was like, 
Yeah, Reacher's Come in on. this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, uh, you remember Kurt Russell's character, uh, Mr. Nobody? He's basically like, yeah, he ta- he's like, takes over for that. Even though little nobody, Scott Eastwood is in this also. Uh, yeah, Reacher is like the new head of what, like, no, Mr. Nobody, he's out there. Kurt Russell's out there, but uh, he's in the wind. We don't know where he's at. So he's obviously going to show up either in 11 or 12, and like triumphantly, I assume. You know, He's been off the grid, but it was for a reason. He's been gathering forces or something. <laughs> he knew about uh, Jason Momoa's Dante, and he was getting ready. <laughs> Did you watch Reacher? Uh, most of it. I didn't finish it. Yeah, I, I can't wait for season two, man. That show was. Have you guys ever seen Reacher on Amazon? Check it out. I mean, it's no Tom Cruise, but man, this series was hella good. Uh, yeah. Renee rarely watches all the craziness that I watch, but she was. I think she was doing work, sitting on the couch while I was watching this, and then she just got sucked into it. So she was like, all right, don't watch anymore until I can watch it. So yeah, she we finished the whole series. She enjoyed it, but I, I'm just looking down the cast. I didn't know uh, he was in this, so. I do uh, got to leave you with one sour note on it, especially as far as your watching goes. I've seen a lot of uh, criticism in the critic reviews and the, the uh, uh, fan reviews, whatever, normal people reviews. Uh, complaining about the CGI used in this film. And yeah, there's definitely scenes where it sticks out pretty bad. Like, and it's like, damn, man, this is the 10th one. And a lot of people's criticism comes from the fact it's like, dude, we just want to see like the cars racing. Like, you can do that without the CGI. Like, they didn't even do that in the first one. The first one was all CGI. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? You know what's something I remembered? And you said you didn't see all of them in theaters. I remember for the longest time in this series, when you went to see it in the theater, um, they do a little like uh, public service announcement before the movie, like, hey, like, so the stuff we do in this film, like, you know, don't do it out there. This is like, we got people that help us do this, so be safe and don't do it. Those are long gone. They don't do those anymore. I guess it's gone too crazy. They're like, yeah, you can't do this. You know you can't do this. 2001 was the first one. 2001 was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Damn, it's been going that long? And they're only on the 10th film? Yeah. It's funny. I think I might have told this story before. I went and seen that with uh, Dusty when it first came out. We joked all the time about the, and it's actually become like kind of lore, his like line, like the, I almost had you. We always used to throw that all the the time. Had me? You never had me. You never had your car. (laughs) Were you fast and furious out of the parking lot? Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, last one, no, the the one we were eight. That was the last one I saw in the theater, uh, and all the other ones before that, I had a, a manual truck, so I was right. fast and furious <laughs> out of the <laughs> out of the parking lot. Everybody was because I oh. remember some of them. We went to the midnight showings, 
Right. So everybody was there. Everyone got in their cars. And uh, I know I saw some at Parkland and I saw some in Sparks. And everybody was tearing out. They're trying to be fast and furious. (laughs) I think I told this before, too. Seven was the one that um, before it was finished filming, uh, Paul Walker had passed. So they had his brother come in and step in to fill in to finish so I could finish the film and then they did the tribute to him at the end and the, the song that became real popular the you know when I see you again uh, I remember how many people were like teary-eyed in the theater there is a lot of sniffling going on they did the montage and the, all the throwback to him and then they drive their separate ways there was a lot of sniffling tears in the theater for that tough guy tears not me because i had to piss hella bad so i kind of <laughs> it took me out of that renee said she was sitting there as soon as the the credits hit i well during all that i was just sitting there going okay yeah i'm feeling the sad and everything but i had to go to the bathroom hella bad so as soon as i was just like Hurry up, hurry up. As soon as the credits hit, I jumped up and ran out of there. And then <laughs> I never asked Renee, I said, you all right? She, I said, were you crying? She went, yeah, that was sad. I was like, I I couldn't, I, I couldn't feel the sadness. I had to go to the bathroom Aww. so bad. So uh, I was able to uh, miss all that. But I probably would have if I didn't have to go to the bathroom so bad. Yeah, but, yeah no doubt. Oh, man. Like, that's what elevates that one for me. That's why seven is, is, is my second favorite like the one i had to go to the bathroom really bad but i had to hang in there still was uh end game oh, wow. oh when i was good when everyone was disappearing it was just when uh peter parker spider-man when he oh, when he's uh, infinity war infinity war i'm sorry when he started <laughs> to disappear i was like we that part got me but Fast 10. All right. I, I'll see it uh, whenever. Yeah. I, I'll probably Steven will. It, Momoa's great. He's definitely worth seeing it for. It's like his version of the Joker. Like, it makes you wonder. They could do, like, a DC what if. Have him play the Joker. He's really good in Fast so 10. So you got That's one, one, two, three, uh, Four. You got five guys from the MCU in this film. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, Michael Rooker, uh, Charlize, Brie Larson, Vin. Who else did I say? I know there was more. No, Cena and uh, The Rock. Those guys are DC. Is Helen Mirren in any of the MCU movies? Oh, DC. Oh, she was in the, You're the guy. Uh, Shazam. Yeah. She was in that. Pete hmm. Davidson in this? Well, there's a spoiler. That's one. I sent you that thing. The cameo that is like making people mad or something. And I was like, that's weird. I read the article and I was like, fine with me, whatever. But like, why are they mad that he's in I, it? Yeah, and I guess like um, he has like a Guardians cameo, and now he has a Fast cameo, and 
he was just in uh, like Suicide Squad. He can't be in this. <laughs> Why is he cameoing and everything? He ain't gonna say no to that check, everyone, and damn well you guys wouldn't say no either. If they asked me to be in a DC movie and then hey, we want you to be in this MCU and hell yeah. I'm taking both of those checks. <laughs> get get paid, everyone. Right. Anyways. But yeah, see it when you see it. Let me know. I'm sure, honestly, the way things have been going with the streaming, like I'm sure it'll be on Peacock here in like a month. Oh, this is a universal. Yep. Oh, yeah, it'll go to Peacock. I don't know. Yeah, but I, probably I, like I, a month. I'll probably get out and see it before, as soon as I get over this bug that's... Oh, man, it's been rough the last couple of days. Hopefully, I was getting over the hump, but today I just felt like crap. But I don't know. We'll see how I feel in the morning. All right, everyone. Enough of the Fast 10. I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, but this film, it's on streaming on Netflix now. It came out... Uh, the end of 2022, it was like one of those, uh, see it one night only type of thing, but it came out, uh, like January 6th is when it went like to all the theaters. So, cause I wanted to see it before at the end of last year to see if it would have made my list. So, but I guess technically it, it would have made my list, but if I saw it then, but then its official release is this year, like I said, January 6th of 2023. And this is A Man Called Otto, streaming on Netflix right now. I'll give you a little story about it in a second. When a lively young family moves next door, a grumpy widower, Otto Anderson, meets his match and a quick-witted pregnant woman named Marisol, leading into an unlikely friendship that turns his world upside down. This is directed by Mark Foster, and this stars Academy Award winner Tom Hanks, a Thurman Hanks. He played the the young uh, Otto, which was cool. I thought that was cool. Uh, the heck is this lady's name? Marina Trevino, beautiful young woman. Rachel Keller, a Mac Ed Beta, Miguel Garcia Ruff, Ruffalo. Is that the Ruff, one of the Ruffalos? I don't know. And a Cameron Britton, and then some other people. All right. You didn't see this, did you? I did not. All right, everyone. Um,. Oh, I saw this. Uh, uh, I started watching this on the, uh, the the plane ride. So I watched it in one, two, three, four parts. And then I finished it uh, at home the last 15 minutes of the film. The movie was two hours and six minutes. And I love Tom Hanks, first of all. Uh, we didn't get to do uh, Tom Thanksgiving last year. Just things got in the way. We're going to do it again this year. Mike and I are going to sit down and um, do a commentary for one of his films. But anyway, The Man Called Otto. Uh, oh, this also stars a Juanita Jennings and what was oh uh, Peter Larson Jones. Those are some other there's a black couple in this. But, alright, this film 
it's comedy drama kind of uh this movie was depressing had a lot to deal with uh lo- losing a loved one and suicide and i i wasn't ready for that i, I didn't know it was good. i i could have dealt with the the losing a loved one i could have been i could have dealt with that fine but the suicide part with it there was a warning right in the beginning this film has Smoking, vulgar, and suicide in it. I was like, oh, man, it's going to be that type of film. Um, so I was like, all right, let me prepare myself for this. That's, I mean, I, that, well, I was tired when I was watching this, but the reason I watched it in four plane rides is because, to me, me, a lot of it got really heavy on what was going on in this film. But uh, Otto Anderson, he's a guy that just lives in this little um, – uh, private road, little—I don't know if it's apartment complex or condos or what these are. It's kind of like in a cul-de-sac, and uh, it's him. He's like the—not nah, really the caretaker, but he does kind of go around and make sure everyone's. I don't know if he's the. Uh, it's kind of like a homeowner association type of thing where they really crack down. The street is private; it's gated, and he's really all about. Keeping your your lawn good, keeping your just keeping your area that you live in nice, but he's also dealing with the loss of his life of his wife, uh, and then these uh, this this family moves in. This is all in the trailer. Then this family moves in next door. Uh, they have two kids. The mom's pregnant, and then they kind of just latch on to Otto. He just wants to be left alone. He's just a grumpy old man. Um, and Tom Hanks, he's good just about in everything he's done. I hated him in Elvis, but he, was, he did an awesome job uh, in that. That Elvis made my film uh, best of last year. But the grieving that he was going through of losing his wife, she passed away from cancer. There's a lot of flashbacks on how he met his wife and what was going on. That's when he brings in uh, his son, uh, Thurman. I believe he is, his mom is... Rita Wilson, I think I I could be wrong, um, but he looks just like his dad. Even uh, what's his name? Uh, that Colin Hanks, that guy. Yeah. He 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 looks just like his dad too. But uh, it was really it was really cool how they how they did it. He played uh, the younger version of Otto, and it, it was cool. And I liked uh, what what they did there. But yeah, it, it got yeah. His mom is Rita Wilson, I think that's what I'm looking up. But anyway, oh, he was in Cloverville Paradox. Hmm, I have to rewatch that one again. So he's just the, the, he again. He doesn't want he doesn't want to be bothered. He just wants to live his life the rest of his life. But he attempts suicide like a few times in the film, only because he just he just misses his wife. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I, but it was like one, two. I mean, it, it it was happening over and over. There's some of this in the trailer as well. So that's why it's not really that much of a spoiler. But um, so I was like, oh, okay, it's this type of film. But I finally got through it. Uh, I want to sit down and watch it again, like straight through. I mean, I did tell my wife, I said, look, if you want to see, she never even heard of this film. I said, if you do want to see it, this just be prepared because it was really depressing. 
And I was like, oh man, it, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. Tom Hanks was one of the uh, the executive producers on this. Uh, his Playtone uh, film company uh, helped pr- produce this thing. I, I, don't, I think yeah, Mark Foster was the director of this film. And man, this movie was awesome. Even for all, it sounded like I was bashing the film or being negative about it. No, I mean, I, I do think people should see this film, but be prepared for what you're about to watch. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I didn't know it was going to be that type of film. I, mean, I really didn't pay attention to the trailer. I didn't realize that he lost his his wife and and everything. So I just, I mean, Tom Hanks, I just see just about, I haven't seen all of his films, but I see pretty much um, most of them. So... But I was just like, oh, my God, it's this type of film. But it was really, really good. Right now, this is on my best of list. This is this was an amazing film. Uh, Tom Hanks, if if he gets nominated for Academy Award for it, cool, awesome. I hope he wins again. But, again, prepare yourself for this film. Unless you just things like this doesn't bother you, then go for it. But I thought this was a really awesome film. Uh, I really highly recommend that you guys watch it. But again, be prepared for the subject matter that's going on in it. But it was really good. Everybody did their job. Uh, It was just uh, it was a heartwarming story and it was a really, really sad and depressing story. But I really loved what was going on in it. And um, I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to sit down and watch it in one take. If my wife wants to sit down and watch it with me, then she can. But I did tell her. Just be prepared for what you're about to to see. Uh, no, uh, it's not graphic or anything, but well, one of the the suicide attempts was was to me was graphic, but um, yeah, <laughs> that, that's but but definitely definitely check out this film if you are a Tom Hanks fan. You probably already seen it, but if you have not seen it and you have Netflix, definitely. Uh, check it out again right like I said this is definitely on my top 10 of 2023 I'm gonna get bumped out I don't know we still got a lot of movies that are coming out so but as right now this is on on the list I mean I got maybe five spots taken so far that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna stay there they could get bumped out but right now I'm at the halfway point of my list and we're only January, March, April, May. We're only five months in <laughs> into the year, almost to the halfway point. But a man called Auto streaming on Netflix. Definitely, definitely check this film out. Tom Hanks knocks us out of the park again, and it was awesome. Okay, just I just saw in the trailer. It came out. They released this uh, on Christmas, so I think it was just that, maybe just the Christmas weekend, and then they pulled it and then brought it back uh, in January. So technically it is this year's film. So that's why. But if I would have saw it last year, it probably would have made uh, my top 10 then. Don't know exactly what spot. I, would, I don't even remember what I had in in my movies. So I would have to watch this again. But uh, definitely check it out. You got uh, Netflix. It is PG-13. It is two hours and six minutes. Um, again, I broke it up into four parts. Uh, and the last maybe five parts because the last part I just saw the last 15-20 minutes when I got home but 
Awesome film. Check it out. A Man Called Auto, and it is streaming on Netflix if you have Netflix. And speaking of Netflix, they are cracking down on the sharing the your account and your password with everyone. They are. I don't share mine with anyone, so I haven't got any of these <laughs> these notifications. Uh, I did ask Mark here. I said, are you using my account? Because he was. But he goes, no, I got my own. I said, okay, cool. So now I don't have to worry about it. But um, they, they haven't seen anything. I, mean, I use mine in my house. I got it on the the Playstations, the, the Roku, my phone. And I was watching uh, something. I was watching something. I can't remember when I was in Texas on Netflix. And I didn't, I didn't have any issues. So I think mainly if it's your main account, they don't, they don't trip. I don't know, but I, if you guys are having issues with Netflix and them getting these messages saying that, Hey, you're, are you the main account holder? I, I don't know. What did it say? I know you got one. <laughs> yeah. So I got it and I, I was, I'm guessing you didn't, which is very interesting. It just makes you wonder because I turned it on and it was like, Netflix is meant for one household. Like, uh, you know, Click next to confirm you are the primary account holder, which um, for over 10 years, uh, I've been on Brazen Chris's account. So obviously, I'm not going to claim their account. So I just backed out and I didn't do anything. Uh, I logged in another time. Same thing came up. I was like, okay, I guess that's it. And then I waited another couple days, tried to turn it on, and it went, it logged right in. It logged right in. So I'm like, I don't know. And then I read articles where they were talking about, like, so I'm, I'm wondering if since then, Breeze and Chris did confirm their account as the main account and the main location. And then now, like, maybe me and Jade, like, have 14 days or something because i saw that something that in the article like you have 14 days and then you have to check back in at the home location that you set or something like that so i don't know i guess we'll see <laughs> when more happens i'll uh, let you know <laughs> yeah so if you guys are having issues you guys better figure it out <laughs> yeah for me, if I if I have to pay, obviously I already pay for so much. We got the Disney and we got Paramount, everything else left and right. So it's like for me, Netflix actually it seems like one of the main streamers, but it's probably one of my least go to. So uh, I probably will lay off until like something comes along, like I really need it, like Stranger Things or something like that, or if you recommend something highly, you know, maybe then, but otherwise, uh, probably leave it be. Lean on the other. Hey, yeah, you know, there is, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Cause you know, it's interesting. I saw like, they do realize that some people are going to be mad. Uh, a lot of people are going to cancel their subscriptions, but they're counting on just as many people 
being like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. I can't be on you know, mom's account anymore. I can't be on my friend's account anymore. Uh, fine. Uh, I'll just get my own. And they're counting on it, kind of balancing out that way. So I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing, too, because like only a couple years ago, and this gets thrown in their face all the time now, left and right, I see online. But just a couple years ago, well, more than a few years ago, 2017 or something, they tweeted out, uh, love is sharing a password, Netflix official account. Uh, was like, oh yeah, share your love is is sharing your password. Yeah, go for it. Stuff like that. Now this and um, other like places are coming at them. Like uh, Amazon Prime from their account, they uh, made like this picture where it looks like their login screen, and each account was like a different word, and it was like love is you know, share your password with whoever you want or something like that, whatever they put on it. So <laughs> what was this? On? <laughs> Amazon Prime. Okay. They like kind of came at the situation being like, share your password with whoever, even though that's a little different. You share your Amazon password with somebody, they could order stuff. <laughs> Hmm. You know, <laughs> there is uh, another streaming thing I might get. It probably won't interest you, but uh, <laughs> Screambox, everyone, for you horror watchers, uh, it's basically another Shutter. Because um, for those of you that have Shutter, with all the awesome films on there as well as their original content. Uh, Screenbox. I never even heard of this, but uh, someone had mentioned it. So I am looking at what they have, and I cannot find a how much this thing costs. So there's just a login. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how to. What's the price of this? Hmm. I don't know, everyone. We'll see. It, from what I'm hearing, it's only it doesn't cost much. So let me see what is Screenbox and is it worth it? Well, as long as I got to make sure it's on Roku first, because yeah. if it's if it's not, then no point. For a while, I had Shutter just on my phone, but then once I got a, a little Roku box, I saw that it was uh, on there. But for those of you that do have Screenbox, um, let me know if it is worth it because I cannot find uh, prices for how much this little streaming service costs. But from what I heard, it's not, it doesn't cost much. So we shall see. All right. I think I got it. I really need to get my new computer in here because this one is slow and it is okay. What does it say here? It is yearly. Oh, okay. The year is twenty six ninety nine. Comes down to two dollars and twenty five cents a month. 
or you can half year it for fourteen ninety nine, or just do the monthly, which is four ninety nine, four dollars and ninety nine cents. Hmm, I might just have to do the year one shot twenty six ninety nine. Right. Ooh. All right, everyone. I'm gonna need it because I'm starting uh, <clears throat> to to record these uh, thirty one days of horror episodes. Got to get a jump on it. But right now, let me. I'm not giving you the, the what I'm doing, but I got 23 movies so far that I am going to uh, bring to you guys, me and whoever else. Uh, I got to get the Zisa win on one of them. Oh, um, I need you for uh, 30 days a night. We're gonna do that one again. Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we talked about it on one of the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I always got to get the Z on at least one. What did we do? Oh, we did uh, Werewolf by Night. Was it Werewolf by Night? Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did that one last year for you guys. If you guys have not seen that, and you have Disney Plus. That movie was awesome. Uh, I want to watch that again. But yeah, Screenbox. That's uh, what I'm gonna get. Um, yeah, uh, Fast X and Man Called Auto. That's uh, our movies. Onto TV. This is something that we both watched. And this is the new series that is on Netflix. Came out uh, May 25th. And this is FUBAR. And this stars the great, uh, the former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. A father and daughter have both been working as CIA operatives for years. But each kept their involvement in the CIA hidden from the other, resulting in an entire relationship being a gigantic lie. Upon learning of each other's involvement in the CIA, the pair are forced to work together as partners and against the backdrop of explosive action and espionage. Learn who each other really are. This also stars as Arnold's daughter. Arnold is Luke Berner. His daughter is Monica Barbaro. Uh, A.K.A. Phoenix from Maverick. Uh, Emma Berner. Also stars in Milan Carter. A Gabriel Luna. Oh, that's... um, I met him at Comic-Con the last time I went. He was uh, the bad Terminator and the dark fate in that one. Oh, cool. He's working with Arnold again. Uh, Fortune Famster? Famster? I think that's her name. Uh, Rue... Travis Van Winkle as Alden J. Burchell. I can't, I can't remember. I can never pronounce his last name. A uh, Fabiana Udin, Odino. She plays uh, Arnold's. Uh, is this his wife or his ex-wife? Uh, Tally Burner. Uh, those of you Probably. that remember. Those uh, of you that I only watched uh, up to the point where he found out his daughter was in the CIA. Uh, I'm gonna go back. What what I've what I've saw so far is pretty awesome. Uh, Fabio, Fabia, Fabia, Fabina. I don't know. Whatever her name is, she was a lot of vagina in um the first Austin Powers, and she was also the uh, I think she was French. I think that's what she was in um summer school. Uh, she was in that. I was looking. I was like, where have I seen her before? So I then I remembered her in summer school. She was beautiful when she was young. She's beautiful now when she's older. Uh, then there's a bunch of other people in this. But Fubar, what do you like? What do you, did you watch? How many episodes did you get in? Two. Watched the first two episodes. 
Are you going to finish the series? Probably. Uh, this is what I decided to check out, like I said, on that day where I was like, actually, okay, I think the first day of this that this was on there, that was the first day they enacted the poll, whatever, like, password thing and, like, verify your account thing. Um, so I saw it was there, but then I couldn't touch it. And then, like I said, a few days later, once I saw, oh, okay, I'm allowed in for now, uh, decide, okay, I better check it out. So, yeah, I checked out the first two, Take Your Daughter to Work Day and uh, Stole Train are the names of the episodes. And it's a eight-episode series. And... I probably will. I'm trying to get better at like just knocking series out, like just, just finishing them and whatnot. So, uh, I probably will. It's interesting to see that it's actually getting, uh, kind of torn up as far as, uh, both critics and, uh, uh, the user reviews I read when it first came out, I'm looking at it right now and it seems like uh, some, some good reviews have risen to the top, a lot more actually positive reviews. So that's good for me. It did feel like if you like, like the kind of movies that Arnold does, especially, you know, since he came back like late period Arnold, like, uh, was that when he did last stand? Right. That's the one with Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, like it had like this had that vibe to it. Like that's that's exactly what I thought of. Like when I when I saw this and I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. I mean, it is what it is. Arnold's Arnold, and you know, they're gonna do their thing. I'm hoping, like from what I've seen so far, like okay action. Uh, I'm hoping they pick it up a little more from what I've seen. This it's action comedy, everybody. For those of you, for you youngsters, you young listeners, Arnold was big in 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 my heyday growing up. Arnold, Stallone, Chuck Norris, and all them, and Bruce Willis came in later on, and Van Damme and all them later on in the game. But uh, the top two, me, Arnold is always number one. I, I've loved him. I'm, I've been a fan of Stallone a little bit longer because of Rocky in the seventies, but when Schwarzenegger came along. With Conan and Terminator and Commando, which we did. Awesome episode if you guys haven't listened to it. It was a couple years ago, so you got to go way back in the catalog for the um, the commentary we did on that. That was fun. Um, and go back and, and listen to our Aliens one we did the last time I was with the Zisu. But Arnold, I love Arnold. So he can do, he has done wrong in my eyes. Not every film he did was awesome, but uh, majority of them to me. We're good, but as as far as me being the old man that I am, watching this show uh, of what I've seen, I'm I'm in. I mean, I like uh, I love Arnold what he's doing in it, so I I'm I'm all for it. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so far, it's cool. I mean, he's he's just doing what he's doing, and uh, he retired, but then. He gets pulled back in because there's a mission that he uh, he had finished, but there was somebody that was involved in it still uh, is back in that mission that he he thought he solved. So he's got to go back in and try to finish uh, finish that mission up. But then this is when he finds out 
uh, there's a secret operative in there, and it's his daughter. This is all in the trailer, so this is how the story's going to go. And now he's got to that they got to work together. Both of them are mad at this point in the series that I've seen it up to. They're both mad at each other. He goes, "You've been lying to me for like a decade." And then her his daughter's yelling at him, "You've been lying to me my whole life." <laughs> so it, it's that back and forth time of comedy. And a little bit of action that I saw in it. I mean, he killed these fools right in the get go, which I thought was pretty awesome. Of course, that Arnold does what he can do. He's, he's how old is Arnold? He's he's got to be up there in age, but I'm sure. He's limited on his action. If you guys seen the last few uh, action films that he has done, he is. You can see those body doubles in there, but um, it's cool. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't know who. It's uh, the critics gave it a 51 percent, but the audience gave it a 70 percent. So I never trust the critics, but we shall see what the. I never uh, trust. <laughs> but I can lean more towards them than I can with the critics because they get yeah, paid. Lean towards the audience because too many people try to review bomb and then it ends up being all fake. <laughs> fake so, info. I, I'm more with the audience. I mean, they they're but giving it's all it fake. Good, they're getting everything's fake. But <laughs> but I'm looking at what I'm looking at on the screen. I can't even find the the reviews. Uh, hmm. it's up, it's back and forth. Some like it, some don't. <laughs> so, but what I've seen so far, I like it. I'm gonna enjoy uh, what's going on in it. I mean, like again, Arnold. He's he's Arnold, and and I love what he does. So, we'll see. He again, he's uh, he was born in '47. So you guys do the math. He's old. He's way much older than me. Um, he's probably in his. She's seventy-five. Damn. Um, when was uh, Conan? Because Terminator was eighty-four. Conan had to be. Jeez. Um, Eighty-two, I think. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. But I mean, that was. I, mean, I did see Pump and Iron. But that was uh, just a documentary of his uh, bodybuilding and all that. But uh, I know Conan was the first movie I saw in the theater of his. Um, and then he, there was some stuff I saw that he did on TV that uh, I cannot. I know one was called The Villain with Kurt Russell. Not Kurt Russell. Uh, Kurt Douglas. Um, Arnold was a uh, a sheriff or something taking this damsel in distress and uh, Kurt Douglas was trying to get her um, okay yeah, again Conan was 1982 oh I guess I saw a scavenger hunt I saw that in the 70s I remember he, was, he only had a cameo in that um, the villain okay that was 79 and Hercules in New York, which I saw in the 80s, which is a terrible film. That was 1970. When did Pump and Iron come out? Hmm. 70s. Yeah, this is just this is just showing his movies. It doesn't even have when that one is. But again, yeah, the first movie I saw in the theater was Conan the Barbarian. And then after that, I was just seeing whatever came down the pike. 
geez, Conan the Destroyer? No, and that must have came out uh, after Terminator. Because I remember seeing Terminator. I even went to go see Red Sonja, and he was hardly in that. He's pretty much uh, one of the top billings on the poster, but uh, he's, he's hardly in it for those of you that have seen that film. And, of course, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, Running Man, Red Heat, Twins, and everything else that came after that. But uh, but FUBAR, what I've seen so far, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm going to watch this uh, Watch this some more once uh, we're done uh, with this. Uh, I know he's got some uh, other things uh, coming. There's still, they're talking about doing another Terminator. I'll watch it. But... <laughs> I think that ship has sailed, boys and girls. I mean, it's just uh, I don't I don't know. He's got something called uh, Out Outrider, Breakout, Kung Fury Two. I don't even see Kung Fury. Um, The Legend of Conan. Uh, that's it's in development, so I don't even know. Uh, they were supposed to give the, this uh, third Conan movie a long time ago, like shortly after. Uh, Conan the Destroyer, but that never that never happened. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, if he if he does do it, I don't know if it's gonna be him. I mean, it'll be him in it, but I maybe he'll have the young cast to do all the action, and he'll pop in when he can't. I I don't know, <laughs> but I'll see it. But Fubar, I like what's going on in it so far, so I'm in. I'm gonna finish the series. And uh, again, I love Arnold, so we'll see how it goes. But the cast, everybody in it so far, his little team that he has to deal with, uh, Barry and Rue and Alden, I think they're awesome. So we'll see how it goes. Once uh, I get through it, or the Zisu gets through it, we'll both tell you guys what we thought of the whole series as a whole. But eight episodes, and I am in, I think, I don't think I started any other new series. That I need to get. I mean, I started a bunch of series, but as new, new ones, this is probably the newest one. Um, uh, I'm still watching. I've been watching a lot of Modern Family lately because I never really saw the whole series. I've seen just episodes here and there, but I don't know. Fubar, yeah, I, I like it. So we'll get through uh, what's going on. It's labeled action adventure thriller. There was comedy in it, so I don't know why they're leaving comedy out, but I don't know. This The creator was Nick Centura. I don't know what else this person has done. And I've never heard of... Well, I guess he was the uh, executive producer, the showrunner for uh, Reacher. So, all right, cool. That was good. Um, Prison Break? I never really got into that show. Long, he did some Law and Order. The most dangerous game. Never even heard of that. Have you? It's a TV series. No. Fugitive. I didn't even know they did a series. And I don't know, a bunch of other things. He's some Vegas and lie to me. And I don't know. But I don't know. I'm in. We'll see. Uh, oh, he wrote. Uh, uh, Punisher Warzone. Um, speaking of that, uh, Mike and I are gonna cover cover. Uh, we're gonna do a ESP rewind for Punisher Warzone. Uh, rest in peace to Ray Stevenson. He played Frank Castle in this episode. Uh, he passed away. 
Uh, I'm not really uh, sure from what, but he passed it away. Um, I think like a week or so ago. And also uh, the great uh, Tina Turner, she passed uh, as well. That one was kind of a shocker. Uh, rest in peace to both of them. They left us with a lot of good. Um, Tina Lee left us with a lot of good music. And the the roles she popped in. She was even in an Arnold movie. She was in Last Action Hero. For the, she had a quick little cameo, but she was in it. Ray Stevenson, other than him being the Punisher, He's been in a ton of things. If you guys have seen, um, he was in Thor. Uh, he was in the MCU. Uh, he did some uh, voice work for uh, Star Wars and Clone Wars. Um, He's in Ahsoka live action. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. Ah, oh, weak. Is that his last thing? Or Yep. Let me see. He was just promoting it, too, at the uh, London uh, Star Wars celebration. He did one episode of shows. He is. Uh, he's got to be in more than that. He's. It just. It's, I don't know what it says right here. It says one episode. <laughs> Balin's. Goal? Yeah. Disciple of Thrawn. <sighs> well, we'll see how it goes, man. It's going to be sad seeing him on the screen and then we can't uh, see him anymore. But he's done a lot of stuff. He was. um, What's his nuts? In uh, Ragnarok. Uh. One of the Volstag uh, three, yeah, Warriors three. He also did uh, some voice work in Rebels. Uh, same the same character, Gar Saxon. Gar Saxon, yeah, yeah, he was in that and uh, a bunch of other things. For some reason, I thought he was in. Uh, was he in Game of Thrones? I think so. I he has that look. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot of guys. There's a billion people there was in uh, Game of Thrones. It doesn't look like he was in that. All right, must kind of get him confused with something else. But yeah, we're, he's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna Mike and I are gonna do uh, Punisher Warzone, the uh, 2008 film that came out. Out of those, out of those three Punisher films and the TV series. Um, Dolph Lundgren being the original Punisher, and then uh, Thomas Jane, uh, Ray Stevenson in the third film, and then um, what's his nuts? Shane um, did the Netflix show. Uh, what the hell's his name? Um, uh, Walking Dead guy. Um, He's done so much. <laughs> Someone's probably screaming his name. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, John Bernthal. Do. Okay. <laughs> John, yeah, John Bernthal. <laughs> he, he played the Punisher uh, in it. Uh, that was, if you guys haven't seen that, is that on Disney Plus now? Yes. Okay, yeah. If you guys haven't seen the Punisher yet, then check that one out. That was a good one. I did mention Dolph Lundgren. Some of you guys don't didn't know that he did play uh, the Punisher in the nineteen was it eighty nine film? Uh, yeah, eighty nine. He did that one. I remember it being advertised to be in the theater, and I was like, "Oh wow, awesome! We're getting a live action Punisher." Never came to the theater. It went straight straight to video. If you guys do remember, if you guys were around in uh, the late '80s, when everything was uh, straight to video movies, this was one of them. But I do remember seeing this this trailer in theater, 
So I was all excited, but it never came. So once it hit the the VHS, I definitely rented it. It's goofy, but hey, man, that that was one of the earlier comic book films that we had in the in in the theater, live action comic book movies. Because I, we've said this many times before, you guys are lucky on how much comic book movies you guys are getting because we only had a handful little bit couple or maybe one in the 70s superman and then the superman films of the 80s and then the tv shows that we had we did have some uh, 70s tv shows we had the hulk we had spider-man and of course uh, the old school supermans and, and the batman 66 and, and all that stuff and everything but as far as live action thing we hardly had any i mean 89 we had two we had batman and we had the punisher Batman was in the theater, but this Punisher went straight to video, but it, it still counts. So, but even in the 90s, we we had the Batman films, but a lot of people didn't enjoy those ones. Batman Forever being my favorite out of those uh, those four Batman films that came out. But yeah, the Punisher, definitely check that one out. But all right, now we're rambling. Um, oh shit, that comes out next month too. Indiana Jones and the, the Pick of Destiny. I, gotta, I still got to get my tickets for that. That's an IMAX one. I called the pick of Destiny because that's all that popped in my head. The dial of Destiny. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully we get short round and mutt in this one. But doubtful. Anyway. um, Where are we? Sports? No, no. I still got a bunch of TV for you. Oh, we haven't done TV yet. Duh, okay. I'm on my bad, everyone. That's how well, yeah, you know, tired I am. The foobar, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'll bounce it into uh, something I spent. Uh, well, you know, with commercials, the runtime comes way down. So, uh, and I was able to fast forward through uh, pretty much all the commercials. But the last two nights on ESPN, the American Gladiators documentary aired. It was a real long, comprehensive thing. Uh, two hours for part one yesterday, two hours for part two today. I watched the whole thing. Um, it's pretty interesting. Before I talk about it, though, were you ever uh, – you, you you had to have watched American Gladiators when it first aired, right? Ah, every now and then. It wasn't something I watched every week. Yeah. I don't know if you knew all the, the character names, but I've got a, a list here. I found a, a tweet while I was trying to find some information that I could uh, – rely on uh, I was talking about it but as far as like who we hear from the documentary and who we don't because you get the whole story like who came up with the idea how they pitched it and whatever and then the you know the ups and downs of the whole thing but as far as the characters in the documentary uh, we hear from Malibu Gemini Electra Saber Thunder and Viper uh, declining to be in it were Blaze Zap laser tower but ice has a soundbite and nitro has a soundbite they're not in it but they like talked on the phone or something but uh, it was interesting that um, so basically um, the idea came from uh, uh, like uh, Erie Pennsylvania these uh like construction workers and union workers they had these like tough guy like games and whatnot uh, like the picnics and whatnot so it was like that's where it came from um 
one of the uh, creators, uh, uh, damn it, I had his name right here. Uh, oh, Dan Carr, Apache Dan Carr uh, was his name. He's like, he's one of the original, original creators, but then, uh, kind of the business guy, this former Elvis impersonator, uh, uh, Johnny Ferraro. He was the one that like actually took it to Hollywood. And interestingly, like the one guy, he like ran the games in his hometown for years and whatnot. It was like a small type of like little event thing. And then the one, the, Johnny Ferrero, he's the one that took it to Hollywood and all through the 80s, he was trying to pitch it all over Hollywood and just when it didn't look like it was going to happen, it did happen. Um, but then the kind of thing happens as it seems to do all the time where it was like the one guy, the Johnny Ferraro kind of screwed over uh, uh, the other guy and and then as far as the actual like gladiators themselves, like no surprise, like, you know, they were pretty much all the, you know, steroids era. <laughs> they were all on that. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, had a lot of injuries from it. And, uh, the one thing that they showed that, um, uh, you know, I mean, it happens. It is what it is, but it's like, it was like the saddest thing. They showed Thunder and he was one of the biggest dudes on the program. And now he's like almost completely disabled. Like he has to use this like almost like Walker thing to get around. And yeah, it was like, definitely that was sad to see. And, you know, other people, you know, had hard times. Other people, you know, seem to have, you know, done fine done well over the years and, but uh it was interesting to see like um because then the whole thing turned out like uh the the story was like it, it started with uh the johnny ferrero guy being interviewed and then he was acting like he had the the life rights to <laughs> the the dan car apache uh uh, Dan Carr's uh, thing and like he didn't want him being in it and like he was stopping the the filmmaker from from doing it and I was like how could he like do that and eventually like they did get to him and then eventually the Johnny was like oh I'm glad like you did find him and I'm glad he, he talked because like he he had to be part involved in it and because I guess there was a time like where um the American Gladiator show went to Las Vegas and kind of set up as like a show there. So that's where Johnny Ferrero was. And there was like a, a time and he like wrote it in his like book that Dan Carr was like going to go out to, uh, to Vegas with like the intentions to kill the Johnny Ferrero. But of course, when he got there, um, he like, Sweet talked to him and told him they were going to Orlando and they did like a dinner show out in Orlando and that worked for a while, but eventually that like ran out of money and whatnot. But it was a pretty interesting documentary. Um, 
I was, yeah, I never like got the figures or anything. That was another thing. The one guy had all the rights, like a bunch of people, like all the gladiators didn't see any, um, like residuals. Like they got paid like so little for doing it, which is why I guess it's not surprising. A bunch of them did not want to talk about it on the documentary. They were just like, screw that screw gladiators i'm done with it i'm never going to talk about it again but uh others did you know others just wanted to talk about what was and yeah they might have got screwed over because yeah it was like one part two where they were talking about like they all like tried to like say they were going to hold out and and the studio head was just like okay We'll get other, we'll get other gladiators and just like fired them all. But yeah, I never watched it. Uh, I never went out of my way to watch out too much, but I did watch it back when it was the first airing. And uh, just out of curiosity, now that I watched this four hour documentary, um, I did a search on IMDb to see where it is, is it streaming? And it seems like the only place, according to IMDb, the only place that the original American Gladiators is streaming is on Pluto TV. It's free, but it's filled with commercials. So, yeah. What was this on? It was on ESPN. It was one of the 30 for 30 documentaries. It's just called the uh, American Gladiators documentary. Um, what's interesting is I also see as I do this Twitter search for American Gladiators that uh, coming June 28th, there's going to be another documentary on uh, Netflix. This one, though, is called An Unauthorized Story of American Gladiators. It's called Muscles and Mayhem, chronicling the meteoric rise and dramatic fall of one of TV's biggest spectacles ever. Uh, But yeah, this one I'm talking about, the American Gladiators documentary, was on... uh, ESPN, so you can either get it on demand through ESPN if you've got that kind of capability and or the ESPN Plus uh, if you have access to that. It's it's on there. Um, and this this uh, 30 for 30 tweet I'm looking at right now, which um, I don't even know you remember these, so you may not even know, but it's uh, which American Gladiators event would you dominate? Uh uh, Atlasphere, The Maze, Hang Tough, The Joust, Breakthrough and Conquer, The Wall, or Powerball. I don't know if you even remember what those games even were, but any of those games you would be good at? I don't remember. The only thing I remember was the, the Joust and when they were trying to run through the obstacle course and the Gladiators were shooting those big... Um, right. Those tennis ball gun yeah. things or whatever it was. I remember I just, that. Yeah, I just have I have the first episode ever on in the background right now. And I'm, I'm seeing that. I saw they were doing that. Um, and, the, and the one that I also like is when they were running through. Uh, I don't know if there were walls. Uh, and then I think there was like uh, a few of them, maybe four. Pick which one to run through. And one of them is empty and the other ones have... Uh, gladiators right there with big uh, foamy shields to knock you oh, down. Yeah. You could you they can either knock you back or you can get or get around them. Yeah, I, I think that's that. breakthrough and conquer from the looks <laughs> of it. Um, 
I sent you that clip yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. Like uh, when I first saw it, like it was a little messed up of me, but I couldn't help but like laugh because I was like taken off guard. I didn't remember that, but it was the um, the one where they uh, the gladiator sits up on the platform and the person swings across the way to kick them off. And the first time it whatever they ever did it, the dude and he was actually on the documentary talking about it. Uh, Malibu was the name of the gladiator, and he's like, "Yeah, this two hundred pound guy comes swinging the car. He absolutely like blasted him, and like the guy Malibu, his knee hit his face. He got concussed. He was all bleeding." <laughs> I'm watching it right now. Yeah, dude, that's the guy that kicked him. He kicks him full force, right? With the, um, <laughs> I was like, the, oh damn! But this was the '80s, boys and girls, and the hair was big and high, especially with the dude. <laughs> yeah, but, Malibu. Malibu. Um, I remember this guy once I seen him, and uh, at first I thought it was one of the chicks because they also had a uh, uh, big hair. But yeah, man, that guy comes swinging down and hits him. <laughs> and boom Blast. oh yeah he fell he did a rev- uh, basically a reverse scorpion on, on his back and his knee comes up and bink hits him right in the forehead yeah, right above got, his left eye he said yeah. he got concussed and like he said yeah it was bad and he was feeling it he went on to describe but he was like I couldn't do anything about it or they replaced me so he had to like Keep going. <laughs> Put on those big Randy Savage glasses and fixed his hair right. and got back out there. Uh, yeah, you you could easily be replaced with this uh, this type of stuff, man. But uh, as far as the show, I did watch it. I didn't watch it every week. It came like yeah. on on Saturdays. I watched them whenever Just when I, I could. Saw it. Just yeah. When I saw it. Yep. Same. But uh, it was a cool show. I did like it. The ones that uh, the the chicks. I, I don't remember the guy. I remember this guy after seeing him, but I never remembered his name. The only re- names I remembered were um, Zap and Siren. Those were the two that I liked. Uh, Zap is Ray Hollett. I think that's her name. And Siren is Shelly Beatty or Betty. I remember t- uh, them both blondes and both totally in shape. Nah. Looks like uh, Zap is still in uh, good shape. Not sure about Siren. I don't see any. Zap, Zap decided not to be in it, and they didn't even, from the list I have right here, they didn't even mention uh, Siren. Uh, I've always liked her. She was a big gal, and I thought she was beautiful and just totally in shape. And she kicked ass out there. I don't see any pictures of her like now so i don't know i don't know what uh where yeah. she is at so but i guess uh, gemini back then he was like the leader or whatever um and yeah he talked and he seems to be doing rather well uh, oh uh simon passed away oh in 2008, she was uh oh, damn, she was only 40. Damn, oh, man, I, I don't, I don't know what uh, the cause was, but she 
she's no longer with us, but she is still in my heart because I remember watching her, and I just remember going, damn, she's hot. And yeah. uh, Zap as well. Um, not really sure. But yeah, if you see Thunder like he was back then and Thunder now, you'd be shocked. <laughs> That's, like I said, that was like sad oh. part of the story for sure. <laughs> she uh, took her own life. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know why. I'm not going to read into it. Yeah. Um, I thought she... I thought she was awesome. Zap, uh, if you guys have seen that movie with the late and great John Ritter, Skin Deep, uh, I remember her in that. Um, he was just trying to get his, and she was one of them. <laughs> I remember he was laying in bed, and then she comes into into the room, and she's standing there flexing on him. <laughs> he, he was just looking at her like, damn. But yeah, uh, Siren, she is 59 years old, and she lives... Uh, I think in Pennsylvania. I'm not really sure, but I guess Nitro. He was like uh, the bad guy too, the heel, the villain of the show too. People liked him for that reason. But uh, and I guess he's done a lot. Like he'll talk about it, but yeah, he did not want to be part of this documentary. There must have been a lot behind the scenes uh, for these guys not wanting to talk. <laughs> so, but. I think, I think in this official one, because of the involvement of the Johnny Ferrero, I think a lot of people were like mad at him. The people that did talk were like, "Yeah, he might have screwed us, but like, whatever, it's the past." Like they had like moved on, but clearly other people hadn't. Forgiven and forgotten. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at this list. There was uh, I remember Diamond. I remember Gemini. Uh, Ice. I remember mm, Jazz. I remember her. Uh, Sunny. I remember her. She was a big gal too. Thunder, I remember. I'm, I'm just going off their faces on how they looked on the show. Yeah, and like I said, you see that dude now, that Thunder dude's. Oh man, sucks. Bad. Yeah, he's huge right here. Yeah, now he can barely move. Like I said, he's like moving around on this almost walker-like thing. Very okay, fun. Nitro, that's the guy. All right, I remember him. He seemed like he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he like pl plays that up. <laughs> He's like, uh, what's his name? The wrestler that we've been talking about a lot recently on uh, Jokers. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man. He looks. I mean, he's still with us, so that's good. But yeah, Thunder looks beat up. Yeah, sadness. Um, the they did bring up how they tried to bring back the show with Hulk Hogan in two thousand eight. Did you ever see any of that? Uh, I might have, but it doesn't. Um, interestingly, they in the documentary saying they're thinking about uh, giving another go now. Not surprisingly. Um, and actually, the 
the the promoter guy, the Johnny Furrow guy, he was saying like it's his life goal. He wants to bring it back. He says before he dies, he wants a American Gladiators movie. And I guess actually in uh, like 2008, 2009, the actually the writer of uh, Point Break, and I can't remember, he wrote something else. But uh, oh, Varsity Blues. So yeah, one of the writers of uh, Point Break and Varsity Blues, he wrote a script for an American Gladiators movie. So, but uh, he described it. It hasn't happened, but yeah, he said that's uh, what he wants. The the one of the the promoters, what's half kind of the creator, uh, says he wants an American Gladiators movie. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done it. They've done everything. Yeah, else. I'm surprised. The other funny thing, and it's interesting because it's happening right now. They put together uh, in over the course of this documentary. Turns out, when this first got the green light at the end of the '80s, coming into the '90s, um, there was a writer strike going on. Then, in 2008, when they did the Hogan version, there was a writer strike, and now. In Hollywood right now, we got a writer's strike, which has, uh, they've delayed uh, Big Brother for a month to uh, August 2nd is now the start of the Big Brother season because they need it to last. It is going to be a full season. I have heard it's going to be a full three-month season, but they want it to go longer. They need it to go into the fall to cover stuff. So now... With the with the new Hollywood writers strike, every time this happens, you get an influx of reality TV because you they don't have the scripted stuff. All the like scripted shows won't happen in the fall. You're like normal sitcoms and and dramas uh, are going to be delayed. So they need uh, reality shows in turn. So I guess it is. The perfect opportunity if they do want to try, especially because now they've got the ESPN documentary and now Netflix is going to have a doc here in like a month. Hmm. Damn. They might as well just do a Netflix series. They did Glow. So, I mean, or not a series, uh, or yeah, TV or TV series. TV show? Glow was good. Yeah. You could do an American Gladius based on. Baseball. What was going on? Because, I mean, Glow wasn't, the, the TV show wasn't really that accurate, but the, a lot of it did. If you saw the, the, the Glow documentary, then watch the TV show, you can see the, the similarities. And they did take some of the, the true stories and put it in the show. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd watch it. You know, it's funny. One of the things they showed was from the early 90s, how, like, serious news back then was like unhappy with it like this is before the rest of you got to remember before the rest of other reality this is i think this i think american gladiators was technically even before the real world so uh but it, when when american gladiators aired like peter jennings was on the news they had a clip where they were calling it quote crash tv was like the insult of what they called it like huh this this tv like oh this is like the end of civilization 
Because <laughs> uh, the Gladiators was 89. Real World wasn't until uh, 92. Okay, yeah. So Gladiators was first. Wow. Did they ever do another series? Because um, they brought the, the Real World reunion. They did that. I know I watched that first one. I'm not sure. They, if did, they, a, did, they a, did the LA one. I didn't watch it. Oh, they did. That's right. They did do the LA one. Was best. Uh, <laughs> she got on my nerves. Uh, but yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't do any more. They just did. Um, oh, that's on here now. There's a new seat not of the of the old real world. Hmm. Oh, um. One last thing before we move off uh, American Gladiators. They talked about um, probably the most famous of the contestants because the whole stick is, you know, you got these gladiators, these Goliaths, so-called, and then all the contestants were so-called normal people, Davids. But uh, the top, the most successful contestants ever is this person uh, went by the name Two Scoops. Do you ever remember hearing about two scoops? Two scoops? Yeah. No. <laughs> so he, I guess he's the most famous contestant, the most successful contestant. I'm surprised they didn't instantly offer him to become a gladiator, honestly. And obviously he doesn't he didn't have the look. He didn't have the buffed out look, but he's a winner. <laughs> I'm looking at the real world. This sucks. They go from season one, two, three, four, then they jump to nine. Nine, twelve, fifteen. Uh, it's, I wanted to For see what? the Hawaii. That the real is? world. The real world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see the season where the with tech money. He's not Oh, right. There's no love. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Oh man. Yeah, I guess I better uh pick it up the pace with my TV. So I'll quick hit these next ones. Just kind of asking you a little bit about them. Um, you hear about the Lazarus project. Nope. It's a new show coming out on, uh, TNT. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of like a time travel, time jump show. Uh, and interestingly here, the stick with this one is it's like, um, the idea is there's a society, the Lazarus Project, that every time like a major end of world type event has happened, they're able to like rewind the world and reset things, and then have like almost like a checkpoint system. So like once they rewind things, they can fix whatever that end of world event thing that was going on and then move forward, move past it and then continue through time. So, um, it, it starts with the viewpoint of this guy and he realizes all of a sudden, like he, he lives like the six month period, but then he lives it again and he's completely taken aback by that and things fall apart for him. So it's a little, you know, groundhog day ish, but, um, 
then he's like recruited into this this uh this project and the idea interestingly is the villain is somebody who used to be part of the project and now he for whatever reason wants to be this you know end of world villain so he wants to do something and and have the project not stop him so uh, only one episode. I, I saw the preview. It uh, aired on uh, TNT after one of the uh, playoff games. It officially starts here on June 4th on TNT. So I'm sure the whole thing will eventually be streaming somewhere. I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with it. I just caught it, like I said, after the NBA game. So thought I'd uh, talk about it here. But, yep. Yeah, so. Uh, I liked the first episode, though. I definitely liked that, the premise, and it was an interesting take on uh, time travel. But, uh, yeah, that was the Lazarus Project. Uh, also, since we last spoke, two um, series finales on uh, HBO, two uh, big-time hits, uh, Emmy Award-winning shows, Succession and Barry, both ended. Um Succession, I had been uh, keeping up with pretty much week to week. I did fall a few weeks behind, but uh, was all ready for uh, this finale and find out what was going to happen with uh, Waystar, Royco, who was going to be the CEO, what was going to happen, and how they were going to end it. You know, always interesting to see how they, they end the show. And uh, while I wasn't expecting like a happy ending, and I wouldn't say it's a happy ending, um, it also, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, one of the best endings ever. It was good. It was a solid ending. It was fitting and fitting for the characters. Uh, obviously, really well acted uh, for the, like, season as a whole. Um, it was really uh, interesting how they chose to approach the season. And they had, like, the, like, a shocking event early on that kind of set the table for the rest of the season and the series. Um, it was also interesting to hear the creator talk about how he necessarily didn't want to be um, done with it, but he didn't get talked out of it being over. So he let it go, which is interesting because technically I'd say this is a show that like actually could be picked back up. I don't think they will, but like, they could change their mind. They called this the final season, but they actually could continue. Like, yes, there was like a end of story as far as like the, the, the that, that main, the title succession, the, the question was, was answered. Like who's going to, you know, succeed in CEO who's, who's going to lead and whatnot. So, and yeah, it's uh, it was solid. So, and then the other one, uh, Barry, which was a show I extremely loved. It was one of my favorite shows uh, the first season it aired. Uh, I actually, as much as I loved it, um, I kept like catching up and then falling behind and catching up and falling behind. And la- on season three, about halfway through, um, I was keeping up pretty much week to week and then completely fell off and got off to a late start of the season and then i knew that um 
Succession and Barry were ending on the same night this past Sunday. So uh, did a little marathon, caught up all the way, finished season three, right into season four. Um, and this one, this one was interesting too. This one had uh, definitely a definitive ending. The also the other thing that I found funny too was like this when the show started, like it had like its its uh, dramatic elements and whatnot, and like you know action and whatnot. But it was actually a lot of comedy. It really did start off as a comedy, and to me, like this show, like actually really morphed like. By the end, like it was clear some of the stuff they were doing was very inspired by Breaking Bad. And that's not a bad thing, but um, yeah, there were clear like homages in, in, in my mind to Breaking Bad. Like there were some very Breaking Bad things as far as like this final season of Barry went. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, this one had like a more definitive ending and it was good. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty solid. Um, both Succession and Barry, I'd say right now, at least they're in my uh, top shows of the year. But like Noz said earlier in the show, like we got a long way to go. Things can change. Things can fall in and out. I wouldn't say either of them are locked in, but um are definitely super solid on my list. So you know how much I loved uh, Succession over the years, but at the same time, like I also said that like these shows can overstay their welcome. Like I always fall back on weeds, um, and you know maybe four seasons was enough of of Succession. It was always like constantly funny. It stayed funny. It's it actually it's funny to me that in the end both of these series are over i'd say succession is more of a comedy than barry i find barry actually to be the more serious show of the two <laughs> so how many seasons did barry go three or four four they both went four interestingly succession and barry both went four i think i only saw the first two seasons of Barry. Yeah. Well, it's an easy watch. They're only epi- eight episode seasons and they're like half hour long episodes. So boom, <laughs> they go, they go fast. Cause like I said, I caught up uh, real quick as far as I basically watched all of uh, this final season, all pretty much all in one, like not all in one day, but like just one go, like all the episodes there. So, Anyways, last one I got for you. Uh, you hear about American-born Chinese? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. It's uh, streaming on Disney+. Plus. It's the new show from uh, one of the Daniels uh, who were involved in uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, and he brings back a lot of the people uh, involved in that. Uh, he brought Kihu uh, Kwan and uh, Michelle Yeoh and uh, James Hong. So, uh, 
I'm pretty sure the daughter was in it too. I'm trying to find her in the cast list, but I'm not. The daughter from uh, everything, everywhere. Anyways, but uh, the main uh, kid, uh, Jin Wang, is played by Ben Wang. And uh, where's the other main guy? Anyways, uh, Jin Wang is an average teener balancing high school and home life when he meets a new foreign student on the first day of school. Even more worlds collide as Jin is unwittingly entangled in a battle with Chinese mythological gods. So that's kind of the idea in the tale of it. And it's uh, also based off a uh, graphic novel series, comic series, American Born Chinese. So it's got like a base material to it um interestingly uh hugh kwan's character he's in it but he's also like not part of like the main story he's not with the gods he's not involved in the school he (laughs) it turns out he his character was on a 90s sitcom uh, that has now come to streaming and people are talking about uh, well people actually are talking more about it uh, uh, being like meme worthy now uh, but all the other people are talking about how maybe kind of a, like offensive it is like uh, he, he had the thing he'd always like get hurt in the since uh sitcom like uh, he'd say what could go wrong and then like a fan would drop on his head or he'd trip and fall or he'd be in a bed and it would fold up into the wall so him saying what could go wrong like has turned into like a modern meme and then like they kind of like address that in the show with other characters so it's kind of interesting his role in it but um yeah michelle yao she plays one of the uh kind of heavenly characters gods type characters uh it has actually a lot of that uh wuxia the style used in like uh, crouching tiger hidden dragon so that's cool whenever they have uh moments like that This is on Disney Plus. It is. All right. It's eight episodes, and it also goes really fast. I watched that. I got all through that, so I was proud of myself that uh, only took a couple of uh, seatings. Uh, the first episode is forty-four minutes, but uh, the rest are almost all 31, 34, 31, 31, 37. So yeah, and it's only eight episodes long. Um, I haven't heard too much buzz about it, but uh, I do hope the story continues because I guess there is uh, more material, like as far as like um, the graphic novel goes. So, <sighs> I mean, considering what they did with Willow and they up and erased it, like that's <laughs> got my hopes down for anything they make you never know what they're going to do you know you'll be able to see it in a few months but 
um, this is a show I I, I, I thought it was uh, pretty good, and uh, I'd love to see them do more. So, yeah, check it out. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, especially because you loved uh, everything everywhere, you know? Yep. I'll check it out. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for me. You going to check out uh, Lazarus Project? You got to remind me. Um, I already forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's that, and uh, yeah, guess that'll that'll do it for TV. All right, where are we at? Sports? Well, hold yeah. on really quick. Star Wars, is there any other news other than we're still waiting for Ahsoka? It's funny, there is, and it was like big. And I did this last time. I wanted to mention it. And as soon as we got off, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't mention that. And now it's happened again. I should have known that was going to happen. I should have put it in the notes. should have reminded myself. Um, damn it. Anyways, um, I do got to say I've had the old gladiators on the background as we've been talking. Nobody can stay on that thing as far as the gladiators. That was like a busted game from the beginning. Like, somebody comes swinging across and kicks you, you're going to fall. I haven't seen one gladiator stay up. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 the guys, at least close to 200 pounds coming at you. Yeah. And they're you're a good, stay up there. <laughs> what, 20, 30 feet away, and then they come swinging at you full yeah. force? <laughs> Boom! Yeah, yeah, you ain't. Uh... You're not staying up there. Uh-uh. Um, I'm looking, I'm on starwarsnews.net and I don't see anything that's other than some Ray Stevens stuff. There's nothing, uh, I'm so mad because I'm uh, nothing. It's as we're done. The Mandalorian, uh, manga ad- adaptation is coming out in September, uh, season four. Not really sure exactly when yet. Um, or no, season three, isn't it? Mandalorian? Or is it four? I, I don't know. Four. Oh, let four. me see. Um, and, and or wins the Peabody Award. Uh, oh, I know we're in and out. It's weird. Kind of Star Wars and Gladiators, but I on the back. I forgot. Did you know uh, Malibu? He did a little bit of... Uh, WWF, WWE. He called himself Malibu. Didn't last very long because I don't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he didn't change his name because he figured people would uh, remember him. Actually, that becomes a sad story too. His wife, I don't remember her name, but she was involved in it too. Um, and yeah, they were a good couple, but she uh, she passed early from a medical condition. So, oh, uh, the Star Wars uh, hotel in Florida. For those of you that uh, want to do it before, it's about to leave. I think uh, in a few I months. I don't have thousands. I don't have. So uh, that was stupid. First of all, to charge that much. Yeah. I, mean, I know if you go anywhere, especially Vegas or something. If you want to spend night in some lavish room that costs a thousand dollars, and if you have a thousand dollars to burn, go for it. But to me, it's stupid because how, are you going to stay in that room constantly? I mean, you probably will if you do the Star Wars one, but I'm just saying, I, I can't, I can't justify dropping that much money on 
a one night stay. Uh, I'm sure the Star Wars one has you just every minute you're doing something there. Cool. Yeah, I guess that's worth. But if you want to take a friend or the family, I mean, you better be a billionaire. But it's it just it was a bust for them. I mean, not everything uh, Disney or Star Wars does is is a hit. So, but yeah, I, I kind of saw that being a bust right from the get go because um, it, it was just too much. I mean, too much. It just that's the problem. That's average the problem. guys like us, we can't can't do it. No way. I I got four, five, six. Seven. Uh, there's no way I, I would pay, even if it was just us, uh, the five of us that's in my house right now. That's probably crazy Come amount back. of money, at least. And, and no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> even if I had that money falling out my ass, I don't think I can do it. Only because good if you had if you if it was didn't mean a thing. No, I mean, no, but I, I can't justify doing that. I mean, because I know the struggle. I'm not a millionaire right now. And if I was a millionaire, let's say I won the Powerball tomorrow or whenever they do it, I don't think I could drop that kind of money on something like that. I would love to, but I don't know. I, I don't think I could. I, I If they did the Star Wars cruise, it'd probably be a little cheaper. But I don't know. I mean, because you're paying for the room and the activities and everything that goes on there. Uh, I don't know if food is thrown into that. I know if you do a cruise, Star Wars cruise or whatever they do on those Disney boats. I mean, you got food and everything included on that bill. This one, I, I don't know. But I, I can't justify dropping that much money. But if I was to drop like thousands of dollars to go all weekend to Comic-Con and everything, hell yeah, I could do that easily and not even think about it. But uh, spending the night at a Star Wars hotel, which we would both love to do. I mean, our families, of course, we'd all want to be there for it. But oh yeah, yeah. Eh, it it's a bust, everyone. So if you got to do it, cool. Let us know uh, if you did experience it, or if any of you workers there are listening to the show and you want to give us some insights of what went on there. Cool, we'd love to hear it because I don't know anyone that has stayed <laughs> at that uh, place. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know but, anybody. Yet. <laughs> uh, I'm just it's just a lot of games and comic books and everything coming out I don't see anything the, the acolyte stuff they're talking about but um, yeah, Ahsoka yeah and there's still, got, really, yeah, still got Ahsoka and skeleton crew first before yeah, uh, before acolytes I don't see I don't see anything coming out at me uh, new uh Star Wars New Jedi Order film. They're uh, thinking about it. Cool. Put it out. But I don't know. We'll see. But If you remember, just chime in. But uh, sports, everyone. What do you got? NBA Finals? Is that where it's yeah. at now? Yeah, we're on the edge of the NBA Finals. Uh, as far as Ooh. the conference finals went, uh, we had Denver absolutely wiping out the Lakers, uh, four games and none. They swept them right out of the playoffs. And so they've been waiting. They've been waiting for opponent. It looked like the Heat were about to do the same thing to the Celtics out east. They got up three games to none. And then they actually completely fell apart and almost made history in the wrong fashion. Went up 3-0. No team had ever 
lost that lead. No team had ever come back from to win four in a row and steal a series. But the Celtics almost did did it. Uh, they won the next three games. It was 3-3, went to a winner-take-all game, seven. And it was actually in Boston. So everybody was assuming that Boston was going to uh, get it done. But they did not. And Miami showed to be the team of destiny that they are. They've had an amazing run. Uh, they barely made the playoffs. They lost their first play-in game to the Hawks. They barely won the second play-in game against the Bulls. They then upset the one-seed Bucks. They upset the five-seed Knicks. And now they upset the two-seed uh, Celtics. And now they face the one seed out of the West, the Nuggets in the uh, the finals. So it's Nuggets Heat, uh, game one in Denver tomorrow, Thursday. And um, everybody's thinking Nuggets are probably, on paper, the Nuggets should destroy them. The Nuggets have all the advantages. They got the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. They got Jamal Murray. They got uh, Michael Porter Jr. They're deep. Uh, the Heat are just a team that play with grit and grind and heart. They got a bunch of guys that weren't drafted or low draft picks. Guys, they're all heart. Jimmy Butler. And while the head says this is going to be Denver in four or five, like my heart really wants the Heat to win this just because they are that scrappy team. They are the underdog. They are the team of destiny. So, I hope they can do it one more time. I'm not counting on it, but uh, I'm going. I'm going for that underdog uh, Heat team. <laughs> All right, everyone. I don't know who's playing, and I could care less, but I'll go for uh, the Nuggets. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's whoa. that's that's your favorite. That's your one seed in the West. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yep, they got Jokic, the two-time MVP. So, what team is Harden on now? He is on the Philadelphia 76ers for now. Um, there's rumors he might end up back in Houston in the soft season. How many won't go to the Warriors? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, one thing is we've paid everybody. We can't afford heavy hitters. We'd have to get rid of a heavy hitter. Um, but we actually did lose a heavy hitter in a manner. We lost our general manager who's been there the whole time, Bob Myers. It's kind of big news. Um, he's stepping away. He's been involved pretty much this whole dynasty run. Um, yeah, so he's stepping away, and people are wondering, oh, is that the beginning of the end? And who knows? I mean, we, we did get uh, four championships in eight years, which is – so mind-blowing to me as a lifelong Warriors fan that I could never imagine us even getting to a final. So it's all been a, an honor <laughs> for me <laughs> to witness. So uh, I'll be interested to see what happened next. I mean, this was just a, such an up-and-down season, though. Literally almost a 500 season. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. It's is no surprise, you know, when Kerr said after we were eliminated that <laughs> we probably maxed out the the potential of this team. Like we couldn't push it any further than we did, but we need a new general manager now to help guide the way. The draft is only a couple weeks away. The NBA finals ends and then like a week later the draft happens, so we need a new general manager. 
I don't know. We'll see. Uh, when does the next season start? Um, we got summer league this summer for all the rookies and the young players out in Vegas. Also, I texted you. There's going to be an NBA con for the first time. So that's pretty interesting. But then as far as next season, uh, about mid-October, the season kicks off. When's this NBA con? Is it Vegas? It is in Ugh. Vegas. When is it? Uh, during summer league. So let's see if it comes up. If I type it in, yes, of course I put in. It just comes up NBA.com. Uh, what if I put uh, Vegas? Vegas, 2023. There we go. Uh, No, I don't. Uh, the summer league is between uh, July seventh and the seventeenth, so I guess it'll be happening during there. It's weird that I'm not seeing uh, anything about the con. It's called NBA Con. Yeah, I heard that on a on a pod. Okay, yeah, here it is. NBA Con debut July 7th through the 9th in Vegas. NBA Con will combine fashion, music, food, art, and technology into a three-day event. July what? 7th through the 9th. How much is that? Let's see what this link says. Um, And would you go? off the opening weekend begin 10 days of action uh, blah, 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 blah. tickets are on sale with single day passes for adults starting at $60 kids pass for 30 what are you seeing this on uh, I did a Google search NBA in Vegas 2023 con and then it had the little sports travel magazine was the first thing that came up that said it hmm. bleacher. bleacher nation the first NBA con is happening in summer this in Vegas oh here Mandalay Bay Maybe. See, it says all this, and then I don't even see, like, I'm not even seeing, like, a link to, like, the main site. Like, where you would actually actually get tickets. How much does it cost to go to Summer League? The average ticket price for a single NBA Summer League game is around... $741. For one ticket? That can't be right. No. This is like like some artificial generated things because it says uh, tickets are right now ranging from 0.0 to 0.0. So, yeah. That's not... That's not true. You can forget that. (laughs) That ain't true. Hmm. I don't see any links on here either for this. 
this con that's happening. Oh, here it is. I, I finally found the main site. It is literally just nbacon.com. Let's see what that has to say. 60 bucks, that ain't bad. For You probably get more enjoyment than I would. <laughs> so. Live entertainment by chart-topping artists with a focus on those who share a love of basketball. The park, basketball-centric expedition with various courts while fans can shoot around with watch open practices or participate in open runs. Fashion. Exclusive drops, custom designers, top designers in the industry, podcasts and panels. Where does this take place at? Mandalay, Mandalay Bay. Bay. Yeah. Uh, talent appearances, meet and greets, NBA players and personalities, product drops. Interactive brand experiences, basketball courts and activities, featured talent appearances by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Scoot Henderson, Mike Conley, Tyrese Maxey. Kareem is obviously a legend. Scoot is a brand new player. He's going to be in this upcoming draft. Mike Conley's a vet, and Tyrese Maxey is like a third-year player in the league, up-and-coming guy. <laughs> uh, somebody's messaging me all the way from Australia. Awesome. Going to be on a show down there, everyone. I'll let you know as soon as I uh, figure out the things. But is that it you had for sports? That's it. All right, everyone, I forgot this. Uh, WWE Night of Champions happened last weekend on Saturday in Saudi Arabia, Jeddah, I believe. Um, pay-per-view was okay. There was a couple matches. That, like, really? This is what, what we're doing? But all right. Uh, I'm going to run through it really quick. If you want to hear the full breakdown, listen to the next uh, The Wrestling Returns with Brian and I. But uh, first match, WWE World Heavyweight Championship match Seth freaking Rollins taking on the phenomenal AJ Styles this was they brought back the um the heavyweight belt and this was going to be the uh first person to they had a big uh, tournament to see we're going to be the the final two to go up for this of course we knew it was going to be two big guys especially Seth Rollins so but uh the match was pretty good man they went pretty Pretty hard. I figured this would have been one of the later matches, but uh, it, they threw it up first. Uh, CBS Sports gave it a B plus. I'm cool with that. Uh, Seth Rollins ended up uh, winning it, um, and uh, via pinfall, I believe, from what I remember. Um, so he is the new uh, heavyweight champion uh, of this this version of the belt. It's been gone for a while, but they just brought it back. So. I am cool with that. Um, dang it, come on. What's happening here? All right, next match was Becky Lynch, the man, taking on WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. Uh, this match, I mean, they went hard for a little bit, but it, it wasn't the greatest match that I've seen these two uh, doing. A Trish Stratus, man, she's, she's still out there doing what she's doing, and uh, we love her for it. But this match was okay. Um, 
I don't know the rules on uh, the women rules over there in that country. Um, but they have to be fully covered uh, except their face. I think from what I was looking up, I guess uh, back maybe years ago, they had to cover their faces. Women did. I don't know the rules there. Don't ask me. I have no idea. But uh, they were able to. Um, I remember that first time they had matches uh, when WWE went over there, and there was no female matches, no female refs, or anything. So, but now they kind of rules change, so they let the the females uh, come in and and have a match. But they have to be pretty much fully covered from neck all the way to their hands and everything. So they, I don't know how how hot it was there. Um, but I'm sure wrestling in a full body suit can get pretty hot. But uh, this match was pretty cool. They both went pretty hard. Uh, Trish Stratus, she ended up uh, defeating. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, Stratus defeated uh, Becky Lynch via pinfall. Uh, but this this match took a little bit to get going. Maybe because it was hot. Maybe because of the the attire they had to wear. I don't know. But um. But it, it was it was a cool match. It was, it was probably one of my least favorite matches. Well, yeah, my least favorite match of the night. Uh, the next match, the Intercontinental Championship match, Gunther taking on Mustafa Ali. Uh, this one was pretty good. Was pretty good. Uh, Gunther's pretty rough and tough. Uh, Mustafa Ali's badass. He's a high flyer. Uh, for some reason, I thought I wanted Mustafa Ali to win just because it was over there. But uh, there was no love. Uh, Gunther, I don't think he would have dropped his title over there as well. So, But he is still the internet, international or the intercontinental championship. And But it was a good match, man. They both went pretty hard. And uh, Gunther threw Mustafa Ali all over the ring. So next match, uh, the Raw Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair uh, taking on um, the Empress of Tomorrow. Uh, Asuka, this match was badass. They went hella hard. And beat the hell out of each other. Same thing, pretty much fully covered. Even the female refs that uh, was refing these matches, they had their their pants and their ref shirts, but they had to wear long sleeves under those shirts. And I, I, again, I don't know how hot it was uh, there. I think this the stadium where they had it all is open, so I, I don't know. But it was it was hot <laughs> for them, so. We'll see uh, exactly. Um, uh, I don't know. I need to look. I'd have to look up to see how hot it was. But it, we had a new champ. Oscar defeated Bianca Belair to win the Raw Women's Championship match, and I was happy. I mean, I love Oscar. She's badass. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bianca Belair. She's she's beautiful and she's awesome in the ring. Uh, she's the EST, but. I oh, I was kind of shocked that they uh, she had to drop the belt over there, but who knows? She'll probably get it back again. She is a two-time uh, winner, so we'll see. All right, uh, the next one was the SmackDown's Women's Championship match. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Mommy, uh, taking on uh, Natalia. I don't really know what they were doing here. Maybe a match went too long, or I don't know. They were pushing for time, but this match just like came and went. I was like, whoa, whoa, what's happening here? Because it, it just, it ended before it started. I was like, uh, okay, that's what we're doing here. But I, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, uh, boys and girls. It was, 
it was kind of weird on on what was happening. Uh, it, but it was seems like they just got out there, pushed each other around a little bit, then boom, um, Rhea Ripley won. Uh, I was like, "Whoa, that was hella fast!" So, but all right, I, I did. I, I, the match was minutes, so I, I really couldn't even tell you exactly uh, what happened because I, I was I was shocked. I was like, I, I don't know what what happened or anything. So, but we shall see. But anyway, yeah, Rhea Ripley won that one. Uh, the next match, Brock Lesnar taking on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Um, earlier uh, throughout the weeks, so they were both kind of slapping each other up. But uh, Brock Lesnar uh, jacked up Cody Rhodes' arm, saying he broke it. Uh, so he went out there, but Cody Rhodes still wanted to wrestle anyway. So he went out there and uh, did what he had to do. And yeah, he got beat up. <laughs> he got the hell beaten out of him. And uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, or Brock Lesnar defeated Cody Rhodes via technical uh, submission. But, I mean, it was a good match. Brock was beating him up, and then Cody started beating him up, and then... Cody just uh, lost. <laughs> so, but it was a good match. I, I loved what was happening in this. Uh, the final match, the main event. There was supposedly three main events, but okay. Um, undisputed tag team championship match: Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're the champs uh, taking on challengers Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. This was a pretty big uh, build-up for this one, if you guys have been watching Raw and everything, especially with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was a part of the bloodline, but then he left. Uh, the Usos were kind of wishy-washy, especially um, Jay, or was it Jimmy? I think it was Jimmy. I one of the, the one with the shortest hair. <laughs> I, can't, I can never get that. I think it's Jimmy. Uh, or no, Jay. Um, someone's probably yelling at me. But uh, this match was awesome. It, it was good. They were beating the hell out of each other. And I always got to give it to Sami Zayn, man. For taking these super kicks constantly, man. He was, they were just beating his ass uh, this whole match. Uh, Solo, man, he's badass. He kept doing what he was doing. But there was some... Um, it was just getting towards the end of the match. And all hell was breaking loose. And the Usos came running in. And they were trying to supposedly trying to help uh, Roman Reigns and Solo. But they ended up uh, super kicking uh, Roman Reigns in the face. He went down. Uh, they kind of... The solo is their brother, their younger, their younger brother. So they, they kind of messed him up too. It was all like supposedly accidents, air quotes. <laughs> um, but it, it was cool on what happened. Um, uh, the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens won. They they via pinfall. Um, they pins uh, Sokoa. A lot was happening at the at the end of this match because it was just boom, 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 back and forth. Everybody in and out of the ring. Uh, the ref was unsure what was happening, but he did see that pinfall. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are still the the Raw and the undisputed tag team champions. And they have both belts. Uh, <laughs> so the Raw and the SmackDown. I don't know. It's crazy, yeah, everyone. But uh, that was pretty much uh, Night of Champions. It, it, was, it was a good pay-per-view. I, I enjoyed it. I was hooting and hollering. I saw it after the fact. I had to wait until I got home on uh, Saturday to watch it. Uh, but I'm I'm glad I did. I I, I waited it out to see uh, what happened, and I stayed. I had to stay off of uh, wrestling uh, socials because I did not want to see who won and everything. I just wanted to be surprised, and I was. I was. I did pretty good. I didn't get. I didn't see 
any of uh, any of the winners. So that was that was pretty awesome. But that was uh, WWE's Night of Champions. Yeah, we are pushing uh, three hours already. <laughs> Everyone, sorry about that. Didn't want to go so long. But there was some uh, news that happened a few hours ago regarding AEW. I'm just gonna play this. See if you guys can hear it. San Diego. The last few weeks, we've made some announcements regarding the debut of AEW Saturday Night Collision, starting June 17th at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I'm here tonight to give you a little more information about the debut of AEW Collision. I'm here to announce that AEW Collision, beginning June 17th, will feature CM Punk. Yep, you heard right. CM Punk is coming back to AEW. For those of you that are CM Punk fans like myself, uh, I'm I'm excited. We weren't really sure if he was coming back because of all the hoopla that went on uh, months ago or last year at uh, one of the end of one of the AEW uh, pay-per-views. Was it a work? Some say it was. Some say it wasn't. Uh, because we all know how the the attitude of CM Punk. Um, so, but a lot of people were were turned off about what was going on and everything because they never really said um, what happened to everyone that was involved in the incident after one of the pay per views. We just saw the aftermath of CM Punk uh, during his little press conference, and he was talking all kinds of mad shit, saying that people are unprofessional and he works with a bunch of kids and, and this and that. And you guys all know, watch the videos and everything because he was gone for a long time, but he is coming back. So we shall see what happens. If you guys do watch AEW, you already knew this, uh, this news already, but um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm definitely going to check out uh, uh, collision when it airs. So, but yeah, as far as, Wrestling news and everything else, that is all I got. So Punk is back, um, and WWE United Champions in uh, Saudi Arabia was an awesome pay-per-view. And, yeah, I uh, want to hear more of that when Brian's thoughts on the whole thing, and we'll run through a little bit more. Do check out the, the next um, uh, the Wrestling Returns, and you will see everything that we talk about there. So with that, that is it for sports. Yep. So, recommendations? Anything? Yeah. Um, I'm going to roll over to uh, what used to be HBO Max and is now just Max, you may have seen. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, one of my favorite uh, movie experiences in the theater, uh, 2013's uh, Gravity. With Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I loved... uh, Gravity is one of the most... uh, It's got to be up there, if not the best 3D movie experience I ever had. It felt so... It felt like... It really did feel like a ride. And I rarely feel like that during a movie. And you can't recreate that at home, especially in 2D. But... uh, I still really enjoyed the film. Uh, it's up there for me. I don't know where I'd be on my all-time list, but uh, it'd have a spot. Uh, you know how much I, I love uh, a good uh, theatrical experience. And uh, 
gravity is definitely on uh if we ever did like a pod we could do a pod of that like our favorite uh in theater experiences it'd be on my list <laughs> i saw that when i was in new york and i don't remember any of it did you see it in 3d though <laughs> yeah i did so i don't yeah I don't it remember. had feeling it had me feeling it <laughs> i got dizzy when never- she when she was losing control, when she was just spinning out in space. I do remember that. I remember sitting, kind of looking down. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I have not seen that movie in a really long time, so I'll have to definitely check it out. Yeah, no doubt. Holds up. But I am going to Hulu. There was something I saw on here that I, I wanted to to rewatch. Uh, my friend of mine, he had listened to our little little review on White Man Can't Jump. He was like, man, you guys are weak. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, you didn't like that movie? It was hella good. He thought we were talking bad about the original. Oh. I said, no. I said, did you see the remake? He went, remake? <laughs> I said, there's a remake on Hulu. And he yeah, was like, Oh, is he is was, super classic. He was like, "Oh, I thought you were talking about the." I was like, "Man," <laughs> so I don't know. He he said he was going to watch it, and he goes, "Okay." I was wondering. I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" But <laughs> uh, I am going to recommend a film that was on my list last year for best uh, one of the best movies. I don't remember what spot it was on, but uh, Prey, uh, the last Predator film. Um, I forgot to mention this during my Texas Frightmare thing. I I talked to uh, Dakota Beavers. Uh, he was um, Tabe, I believe that was his name in the in the film. Um, Amber Mid Thunder was there, but her line was out of control. <laughs> so I, I I saw her, but I I didn't even I didn't get to get get up there and meet her. They kind of cut her off. They did the the Comic Con thing. You had to get there early to get a ticket. Uh, oh to, wow! I was like. Phew. That's the first time that they've done that. Usually, even when they have big uh, celebrities, I know the John Carpenter one was and Sam Raimi. That I think they ticketed that thing, and they were all we're we're at our our peak already. I'm like, really? I mean, I'm sure these people. Yeah, the more the merrier, more money for them. But nah, it didn't didn't work out. I didn't get to meet her. <clears throat> but Dakota Beavers, he was a cool guy. I did talk to him, talked a little bit about the movie and everything, and. Uh, he was a cool guy, so uh, shout out to him. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna recommend uh, Prey. If you guys have not seen that yet, I mean I don't know where you guys have been, been under the log or something. But Prey was an awesome film, so uh, definitely check that out. Uh, if you have not seen it and you have Hulu, but if you have seen it and you want to watch it again, check out both both versions, the the English version and the Comanche dubbed. Uh, I've watched both ways, and this movie is amazing. So shout out to Dakota Beavers, and check out Prey on Hulu. All right, my random trek uh, going back to 1996, and this is honor of uh, the Miami Heat and the NBA Finals. I'm I'm, I'm pulling for them as unlikely as it is. Uh, and this is uh, the Blase Blase track, Danger, uh, from the Blah 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 album. Uh, when the East is in the house. <laughs> oh. That's my track. Danger. All right. I am going back to 1990 or 1989. 
uh, May 16th. Uh, we passed the anniversary uh, a few weeks ago, but um, this is Special Ed's youngest in charge from his album. And probably the biggest hit off the album, second track, uh, I, I Got It Made. I love this one. I don't know what I was listening to the other day. Um, oh, it was when I was driving. I was down the Bay Area on uh, Sunday. Went and drove all the way down there, dropped Mark Eric off at a show in San Francisco. And I was just kind of just scanning the radio stations and caught the end of this track. I love uh, Special Ed. He, I know he's still out there doing it. Um, not sure if he's still putting out albums, but I know he's out there performing. And uh, he's got other songs as well, but I Got It Made was the first one that, that I remember hearing from him. So definitely check out his album, uh, Youngest in Charge. So, but yeah, Special Ed. My name is Special Ed, and I'm a super duper star. Every other month, I get a brand new car. But where is Special Ed from? Oh, he's straight out of Brooklyn. Brooklyn, hit that biggie. It's Brooklyn in the house. So, yeah, check that album out, everyone, and uh, just listen to everything special edge. But, all right. Uh, one last, uh, one last uh, American Gladiator thing for you. As we were talking, uh, like I said, I've had the old show on in the background. And the first, you know how Joust, they used to do it. It was like uh, on, the, on the dock, I only saw it on... Uh, they were like separate platforms. I guess in the very beginning, it was just this one long ramp. They were on it. The thing fell apart and they put it on TV. They like fell through like the platforms they were on. It, the thing broke <laughs> and they left it in the episode all these years later as it aired. <laughs> uh forgot about collecting i got one thing <laughs> um when i was down in a uh, texas fryer i mean i bought like a couple t-shirts and some blu-rays nothing nothing fancy uh, i am going to be uh, reviewing uh, valentine's bluff it's a uh a fan film it's a continuation of uh the 80s film uh, my bloody valentine uh, stars the beautiful Nightmare Christie. Uh, I met her. I met her a bunch of times. And um, the guy that plays the minor, what the hell's his name? I met him. Uh, he was really cool, and he signed uh, my Blu-ray that I got. This film is also on um, another recommendation. I haven't seen it yet, but it's on YouTube. So if you want to check out, uh, if you uh, want to see Valentine's Bluff, it's the continuation to uh, the original uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, so I have no idea how it ties in. So definitely uh, check this out. Uh, after the horrific events that took place in Valentine's Bluff, TJ and Sarah struggle to move on with their lives in their new town of Circumstances Force. Oh, wait. In our new town. Circumstances Force, TJ to move back to his hometown where he tries to start a new life 40 years pass. And the town of Valentine's Bluff has forgotten the names of Axel Palmer and Harry Warden. The newest generation is getting ready to celebrate the big Valentine's Day dance. All seems well until an anonymous figure welding a pickaxe appears, leaving a trail of carnage behind. Terror strikes again. 
40 years later. Damn, 40 years? What was that first movie? Uh, this Again, this is just a fan film. So um, I hear it's good. I have not seen it yet. I'll probably talk about it next week. But the thing I did, uh, I walked around. I do collect VHS, but it's rare uh, that, that I find some that I want. Um, there was a laser disc down there. It was only five bucks. I meant to get it, but I totally forgot about it. Um, it was a movie called Evil Speak with the with the great uh, Clint Howard. I have the Blu-ray and the DVD, but uh, I bought a VHS last year, and it was um, Academy Award winners' uh, film, Nicolas Cage, Valley Girl. Got that on VHS. I think this is my second copy of that film on VHS. But this one, I was looking around for it on eBay, and the prices were a little crazy, and I didn't want to pay those prices, but I finally saw it down there. And this is the version that I wanted of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 3, Dream Warriors. Uh, I've seen this in box before, but I didn't want it. The one that I wanted, it has the sticker on a round sticker. It says, includes hit music video from Dawkins Dream Warriors as seen on MTV. Uh, I love that song. It's probably my favorite Dawkins song. And I wanted this VHS box that had that sticker on it. I had seen this before, but that sticker wasn't on it. Plus, there's a, another, there's a different version. Uh, it was like a red box um, of Dream Warriors. But I wanted this one. This was the original, the VHS copy that was out there. So I, I had to, I saw it and I said, I, I got to get it. I just have to. So I'm glad I got it. And I do not have a VCR to watch it. But even if I did, I probably wouldn't watch it. But uh, I have it on Blu-ray, DVD, and everything. But I have this VHS copy in my collection now. So, but yeah, that's all I got. I don't got nothing else. Yeah, a uh, little bit of more quiet week for me. I did get the new. Uh, it's like the comic styling uh, collection of uh, Avengers: Earth Mightiest. Heroes collection, the Black Panther with the pin uh, that came in. So, looking forward to uh, photographing that soon. But uh, I've been on the kick of uh, getting ready for Spider Verse, doing a whole 10 day countdown to that. So, I've been photographing all the pops, and it looks like just in time for the release of the film, I got one uh, coming in from Amazon, the uh, kind of I thought it was clear translucent version, but I guess it's just all white. So it's not going to be translucent see-through. So it's kind of weird, but I guess I'll see it when I see it, it rise tomorrow. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that'll do it. Ah, that was it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was, uh, usually we got a ton of shit, but I know I had something else. I can't remember what it was, but waiting on my, uh, willow. <laughs> oh, do you collect those, um, little tiki cups? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, she got me a few of them. I got three of them, two Boba Fett's, I believe. And a, Stormtrooper, I think. Oh, um, hold on. There's a, and I got a, a pop as well. I mean, uh, ow, fudge. Let me grab it really quick. Uh, 
Oh, man. Sorry, everyone. I didn't want it to be three hours, but we're pushing three hours. Uh, this was... I think they got this when they were in Disney World. This was uh, exclusive at Disney. That's what it says here. Star Wars 45. This is the concept version of Darth Vader. I didn't have this one. I think this is an old one. So, do you have this one? I don't think so. Um... Let me send you a picture of it really quick. Yeah, this is a. Uh, I don't. I can't remember where they got it from, but there's uh, a glare. I'll try to get away from that glare for you. I don't know. This is the best I can do for you. But yeah, they got this one for me somewhere in their travels, and because I remember they sent a picture for. Do you want this one? I was like, hell yeah, I don't have that one. I figured you'd have this one if anyone does, but. Yeah, I got that. And there was another movie I picked up at um, Texas Frightmare. I remember seeing some stuff about this because people were talking about it. It's good. It's like a 80s. Uh, uh, yeah. You have that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's called Pool Party Massacre. Uh, what started out as a relaxing summer day by the pool for a group of high-maintenance young souls... Socialites quickly becomes a nightmare when an unknown killer begins stalking and murdering them one by one. Blair Winthrop and her friends don't know it yet, but they are about to have the worst pool party ever. Um, yeah, this is an independent horror film that I picked up. I remember hearing some things about it and people talking about it. So um, I believe this is the director. I was talking to about this and he did goes, yeah, man, watch it and uh, let me know what you think about it. So I'll let you guys know if I do that one, it'll be just a regular anchor or something. So, but all right, everyone, that is it. Uh, we should have been done a long time ago, but uh, three hours is how it's going to go this year. Truck day tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, you better go to bed. It's already uh, June 1st, everyone. So, but yeah, follow us on Facebook. Just search Eat Society. Go to our other uh, feed, our uh, ESP Spotify for Podcasters feed. Just search uh, Eat Society or Magnez and listen to a lot. There's links below that you guys can hit if you're lazy. Um, go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah see what's on there. Uh, T Public. Go over there, get yourself a East Society shirt or a Magnus podcast shirt. Follow us on Twitter, East Society Pod, Magnus Pod at Theo Zisu. Instagram, East Society Podcast at the Zisu at Magnus Pod. Follow us on TikTok, East Society Pod, and intro and outro music by Mixlot Beat Productions. Always got to give him some love. Go to www.mixlotproduction.com. For everything again the links below and that is it that was episode 287 we're creeping up slowly on 300 but we passed 300 episodes dealing with e-society oh, a yeah. long time long time ago <laughs> but this is the official first uh, this was the before we spun off in many different directions with East Society. This is the, the main the main show. So we're almost there, everyone. Give us uh give us a break. You got tons of stuff over on Spotify for podcasters now. <laughs> um so you got all that over there to listen to. 
and everything. So shout out to everybody that listens to both feeds and everything dealing with the society under the ESP brand. And yeah, that's going to be it, everyone. Definitely come back for more because we will bring you back more. Hopefully I feel a little bit better, but I had to get away during one of Zisu's things because it's I don't know what it is, man. The stomach bug is has got me, and it's usually just hit and, and run, but it's been sticking around for the past couple days. Uh, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Hopefully, I can get in there. That place is a madhouse. But anyway, just rambling. So, but anyway, come back uh, next week for more. So, until then, be safe out there and party on. Yep. Thanks everyone for listening. Till next time, have fun. Be safe. We'll see you next time, you society. <laughs>